What is up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back with episode three of the Junk Box. Today we're going to be talking about sequels, remakes, and reboots all uh, on this episode. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty damn good. We have a lot to talk about for sure. Um, I think by starting, we should uh, start with the, the very first one here, which would be, uh, I guess, well, in the title, it's sequels. Do we want to start with sequels? I guess we could start with sequels. And then we could go into remakes. Up to you. All right, let's let's start with sequels. So, uh, we 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 kind of were already talking about uh sequels as well. Um, and let's see, I gotta see if I can pull some stuff up. So, if you have any uh remarking words, go for it. Uh, about sequels, yes. <laughs> I guess. Uh, it is an opportunity to improve on something that has already been done. That is what a sequel is. And hopefully they're good most of the time. <laughs> I think the 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 fact that sequels exist in the first place kind of there's that kind of risk that whatever you're making a sequel of is something people are gonna be bored of by that point, or it's gonna be too close to the original to a point where it's like kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. You never really want to make the same thing twice. So it can be a tricky thing, and there's also. We always, I feel like we talk about expectation a lot on this podcast. Yes. There's always the expectation that uh, hold that is expect like when you're going into a sequel that you have this notion of what the first one is like. Mm -hmm. So your opinion can drastically be changed about the sequel based on your original experience. So I think that's fair. Um, is there? I mean, for most of the time, the usual reason I would say why a sequel comes out is because um or my opinion is at least the good ones is when they're trying to expand the universe that they're creating right um is there ever is there ever a reason or like is there ever a reason why they would make a sequel uh not to basically like extend the universe uh, as just kind of like a like is that yes. what makes a sequel bad is when they try to just piggyback off of the uh the wealth and fortune of the first one? I don't think necessarily relying on the first one is the bad part of it. If you're just like making the sequel because you know the first one did well and the second one will make money and you really don't try that hard, then it's like, yeah. But you can look at something like Back to the Future 2 mm -hmm. and, you know, that relies on the, I feel like the, the first one very heavily in order to understand what's happening and, you know, all this stuff is established. But, I think there's some people out there who think Back to the Future 2 is not just as good, better than the original. I honestly liked, personally, so actually we can we can definitely talk on that one. I know, you're uh, a big Back to the Future I, I am. Fan, I actually you? just watched uh, the, the series like a couple months ago. Um, I really enjoy the first one, and I felt like the second one felt really good uh, in there. Um, I would say it was... If if like if most people were like oh it's really bad and were able to like give me a lot of evidence I guess I could probably pick out some of the things that made it like maybe not as good as the first one but it's really damn close to the first one so I wouldn't say it was like an awful sequel. Um, now going off of that, the third one was not very. I, I don't like the third one. I think the third one's a bad. Uh... Oh, I thought you did like the third one. No, the third oh, one. You're about to have a you controversial mean... opinion. When they go, you mean when they go out to like the western, like yeah, the whole I mean, okay. old west. I think it's okay, like, but I don't think it's great. Like I don't exactly. think exactly. I think the second Again, one's better. 
yeah. as a sequel. The reason the second one worked is because instead, like, it's like, oh, you know, instead of just it being, like, traveling to the past, all this, like, irreparable stuff has happened uh, now in the future, and mm-hmm. it's, like, kind of dealing with the fallout of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like the third one is like, oh, we just want to do like cowboys. Yeah, right. Cowboys. Okay, that's exactly how I felt. We just want to do a western. Like, yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't really. It doesn't seem like much more reasoning other than that. Yeah, uh, I agree. And it, like for what it is, again, it's it's fine, but it's not much of an evolution off the other two movies that it is following, which I think is ne- very necessary when you make a sequel, like. Uh, Again, it can't be the same thing. I was uh, a little like a little unrelated to movies. I was watching Hugo Martin play through Doom Eternal, and he's the the game director of Doom Eternal, and he's kind of addressing people who wanted to be more like 2016. And he's like, guys, we can't make the same game twice. If you like 2016, go play 2016. But we have to move on and try something different. Mm-hmm. So like, there is, you know, you can't. I mean, I guess you could make the same movie twice. We'll get into that with uh, live-action remakes of beloved animated classics. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, it's not a good idea, because uh, why, w- why would anybody watch a new one when it's exactly the same as the first one? Mm-hmm. No, exactly, for sure. Um, something interesting I'm looking at. So I have the chart, up, by the way, underneath us uh, right now. This is a chart that I found on uh, Web Archives. Um, basically, it's just it's a chart that's been thrown together based off of reviews now these reviews are based off of rotten tomatoes which i would never use as my engine or my source but i definitely agree with some of this stuff so basically anything below the line is what was considered to be based off of ratings a bad sequel and everything above the line is considered to be a good sequel um right away i can definitely tell you off to the right here i'm seeing like the dark knight which i think is amazing personally as a sequel um I didn't realize The Silence of the Lambs was actually a sequel. That's a sequel? You probably would know better than uh, me. Uh, not that I know of. Sequel to what? And I have no idea what that would be a sequel to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aliens is also up above the line. Which yeah, would be a okay. sequel to the first Alien. Um, obviously, The Empire Strikes Back is in there. Mm-hmm. And actually, that one and Aliens... I guess it's Dark Knight 2. Those would be, like, my three pinnacle movies above the line right now that I'm seeing that, like, I'm kind of using the reference for, like, you know, if we're going to talk about sequels, uh, oftentimes when I see a really good sequel, it's usually one that I feel like goes and is able to extend the universe a little bit further, um, which we did talk about already. But, like, you know, I mean, The Dark Knight, Batman already exists from the first movie. We understand how he works and stuff like that. And they, instead of, like, kind of bouncing off of this whole idea of, like, um, the first movie was very much about, like, him overcoming fear. Like, this idea that fear, like, if you're above fear, like, it drives you all this stuff. The Dark Knight is, like, a complete, like, different story. I mean, you have a different villain. You have the Joker, obviously, which, I mean, obviously the acting in that is very good um, right there. And I feel like it's just a good representation of what, like, a sequel should be. Um, obviously the empire strikes back is like, again, an extension of a universe that they're just trying to build up this big, larger story than just the new hope could ever provide. Um, cause obviously when you leave the new hope, you don't even know that Darth Vader is Luke's father yet. 
right? Yeah. I mean, you, you actually you don't even find that out in Empire Strikes Back, do you? I think it's in Return the end, of the Jedi. Dude. It's definitely the end of. Come on. Oh the right, when they're on what? Back. They're on Cloud City, right? Yeah. Isn't that? I hate you. And then he falls <laughs> into that hole. And yeah, I forgot. Gets about a new that. arm. I forgot about that. I felt like that started yeah. at the first, the beginning of Return of the Jedi. I have to rewatch this. No, actually. it's on my list because I've been watching The Mandalorian. Yeah, quite extensively. But I think it's kind of interesting, uh, at least for certain sequels, that you don't really need to know the first one to go into it and really enjoy mm. it. Mm-hmm. Like Evil Dead Two has a, a recap of the first one, like, uh, except with like different. It, it's weird, Evil Dead 2 is a weird case, because it basically kind of retcons stuff that happens in the first one, mm-hmm. just in the recap, uh, because I'm pretty sure they didn't own the rights to Evil Dead 1 when they were making Evil Dead 2, so they had to, like, huh. remake it, because they couldn't use the footage, I think, or something like that. It was really weird, a really weird situation. But But there's also other movies that I feel like, you know, you could probably watch, you could watch Aliens without seeing the first one. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, they kind of, if you it see the first one, off. you have more, you have more, like, this, if you've seen the first one, it just kind of gives you a better understanding of what, why Ripley's doing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's not necessary. Same thing with Terminator 2. Same thing with, uh, a lot of movies. I feel like even like Empire Strikes Back, uh, sure that that twist or Luke, I'm your father isn't as big as an impact if you didn't see the first one but mm-hmm. i feel like you could watch the rest of that movie and still just enjoy it perfectly fine because it's just a very entertaining movie and it's very easy to follow and that's yeah. why i think it was so successful uh so i de- it's, it's it's interesting to see sequels almost completely stand on their own uh sometimes uh in comparison to their original well jackass 2 did way better than the first one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that like any of the jackasses you could definitely watch yeah i know I, I jackass too did really, i remember people really liking that yeah like and they totally stand on their own like you could you could watch them out of order if you really wanted to like yeah exactly um okay so i guess i guess where else i could go with this then um obviously last uh in our last segment we talked about like horror movies i know a lot of like slasher films do sequels do we feel like the sequels, like what, because they're not really extending a universe. A lot of times, especially if you look at like something like Friday the 13th or Scream, um, I feel like those two two movies specifically just continue, oh, like instead of like continuing a universe, they're more just like continuing the slashers slashing. And I, I don't want to say like, I just, I before I had said like riding off of the back of like the first movie's popularity. Um, do you feel like that's why they would do that? Or do you feel like they're doing it for like a, a different reason? Like what, what, what's the drive to make a sequel on something like that like is movie? like a slasher movie or something like that? Cause there's definitely a lot of them. I mean, you look at into it, like you got, like I said, scream, you have Friday the 13th, um, you have Halloween, <laughs> like literally it's, pretty much almost yeah. every slasher movie. Well, almost has a I sequel. think it's at least for slasher movies, it's just a very low risk, uh, investment to make. Mm-hmm. Because it's an already established franchise that you know people will go see. Uh, they're not very hard to make, you know. Uh, unless I would say some of the more intricate ones, maybe like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like some of the sequels, they like, have some like kind of intricate effects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like you look at 
Friday the 13th, you know, there's like 10 movies in that main franchise, and 11 if you count Freddy vs. Jason. And are all of them so radically different from each other? Hell no. No. Like, the evolution is kind of just the intricacy of the kills and how spectacular they can be. That's really the only evolution, or how unstoppable Jason can be. Like Saw. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they there's like, in some movies they try to like shoehorn in some backstory for Jason. Like mm-hmm. one of the worst ones was is part eight, where it's like Jason goes to Manhattan, and there's just like this whole backstory with the main character. She was like in Crystal Lake, and her father like found out that she couldn't swim. And then he, like, pushes her in the water, and then Jason was, like, grabbing onto her ankle like little boy Jason, like, before he became big Jason. Just, like, all this weird cluttered stuff. But as far as slasher movies go, it's just, like, another just low-risk thing that a studio can be like, hey, here's some money. Like, we know we're going to make it back, so just make whatever the hell you want. Like, Mm -hmm. but don't make it too violent, you know, (laughs) or we'll censor it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I agree with that because like you know I'm a big Saw fan, uh, and mm-hmm. like definitely they just they just keep on making like if like if you just watch any like I've definitely watched Saw movies like out of order like you, they can stand on their own, but they do like attempt very <laughs> That's a whole other very thing. hard to like yeah oh. they do try like very hard to like incorporate this plot which I think I think if like if you're interested in that sort of thing, like I've watched all of them in order before and like understood the plot, but it's not a very deep plot to understand. Um, The first one I think really did well because of the fact that it was totally new to people like this idea. And it was, it was, I I personally like the first one, especially because of the fact that it all happens practically in just one room. I think that's a really cool idea. It was fresh. It was a fresh idea. And they had the twist ending and all that kind of stuff. Like, it had, like, a really good build. It's just they took that, and then they went ahead and just kept on basically copying the same general idea. There's a bunch of traps. There's a twist ending. And then there's a little bit of story sprinkled in here and there that kind of builds off of the last movie. And they do that throughout. Is there a twist ending at the end of every single Saw movie? Pretty much. How could you even call it a twist ending by a certain Because You know it's coming. Yeah, by like the end, <laughs> the end of your like recent Saw movie, you're just like, oh, okay, twist ending coming. But at the same point, okay, at the same point though, and I've watched these movies quite a few times now, there's, you notice it's coming, especially if you go to watch a new movie. So then it becomes less about, okay, what's going to be the twist and more about, okay, what's going to be the twist, but how can I find it before the twist actually happens? And I think that's kind of interesting in Saw because a lot of times I'll be sitting there trying to like pick off things off the wall or like see if there's like little things that are happening behind the scenes that, it, you know, normally you just wouldn't think of. Like if I just watched any old Saw without knowing that there was twist endings in every single movie, I'd sit there and go, all right, wow, that's okay. And traps. Okay. And then all of a sudden twist would happen. And I'd be like, whoa, wow, where did that come from? And yeah, it'd be a twist ending, right? By definition. But Sometimes by knowing that there's going to be a twist ending, it kind of makes it more interesting. And that's like a lot of reasons why I go watch movies with twist endings over again. Because I want to see, okay, what did I miss? Because oftentimes uh, directors will put in like, you know, little sprinkles of what the twist is going to be. Right? So sometimes they're very blatant. I know the new Jigsaw movie is pretty blatant. They try to do like a red herring, but it's pretty blatant. I, I remember how the twist happens. I don't remember who it is. And I don't remember for what reason. Like, 
It was. <laughs> it was a twist. Okay, it was like a twist inside of a twist because the entire time you're watching the first, like it's a recording basically. Oh yeah, that's what you're it watching is. Yeah. The, the recording of the, the first very kill first of uh, uh, Saw game. Yeah, exactly. The one that happened like yeah. before the doctor, and then the twist ending at the very end is like. The, the main... I think it's, like, the main like, detective or whatever. He's, like, a police... Yeah, he's, like, a police officer or something. And he was also... He's been in almost every single one of the Saw movies leading up to this one. Yeah. So, it was, like, a double twist. But, again, it was pretty blatant. Besides the fact that the recording... I think that was the only one that I was like, oh, okay. Didn't see that one coming. Until, like, the very end. But it was kind of weird that they felt the need to, like, incorporate that in there. Because, um... Well, I guess... I guess we were twisted as the audience, but you're also twisted in terms of, uh, like, the police were being, having the same twist happen to them because they didn't know that the, all they were seeing was a recording and someone was just duplicating the dead bodies. That's still, I don't know. I don't know. It was such a weird twist. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Anyways. And that's why, like, sequels just, they don't, they don't usually do very well. I mean, it's very chronic. I mean, even on this chart, you look at it, like, the ones that are above the line, you could almost count these ones, but the ones that are below, they expand so far. So why do we think sequels do so bad all the time? Because usually sequels are of something that's very successful to begin with. So it's mm -hmm. usually a beloved movie. And then they go, hey, we're going to make this new one. You know, let's see if you guys like it. And they're like, it's not as good as the first one. So mm -hmm. therefore, it's not good. It doesn't do good. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think that's the the way to let people look at it is that they have like say you're watching Jurassic Park and you're like oh my god I love Jurassic, Jurassic Park it's one Park of my favorite really movies good. and then they come out with Jurassic Park two and you're like well Where? that wasn't anywhere close to like the first one I don't remember uh, the story so... of Jurassic Park two though like I haven't seen one. it but I just know it's not very good or at least in comparison to the first one like the first one is such an iconic movie mm -hmm. and it's like how could you even try to top that you know. I don't think any Jurassic Park sequel since has come first to what the first one did. No, I don't think so. Jurassic World, for me, the first Jurassic World, I thought was uh, decent in terms of getting back to Jurassic Park and this idea that they wanted to make it more of a modern-day amusement park, whereas the first one was kind of like, uh, what do I call it, like old, like, kind of like an old-style amusement park, right? Like, I, I could imagine original Jurassic Park, like, fitting close to, like, you know, uh, like a canopy lake or something like that, where they have like old wooden roller coasters and stuff like that, and like it's not like a ton of modern stuff. Like it's modern science, and there's other modern things happening, but there's a lot of like rustic, like old feel to it with like the jeeps and stuff like that. And then you get Jurassic World with like these gyro balls that are like completely modernized, and like hotels and restaurants and all that. And I think it plays upon like modern amusement park, like kind of like a Disney. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I felt like okay, you know, that kind of could make sense of like the idea of it. Like this is years after Jurassic Park has fallen. They even had the touch which I thought was interesting later on in the movie where they end up uh back at like the Jurassic Park area and he fixes up like an old Jeep and drives out. Uh, and like okay, yeah. I think even like the the lady was like, "What are you doing?" And he's just like, oh, "We got to get out of here." And she's like, "In that?" Cuz like she's used to all like electric stuff. Like <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was like okay. I don't, again, not definitely nowhere near the first one, but like it for me beat out probably the second and third one in terms of park. Yeah. Although I did like the third one as well. Uh, 
the story, I think, for the third one. Wasn't it was either second or third. See, I can't remember now. I think it's the third. Is that the one where the plane crashes? Dude, I haven't seen either of them. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, one of them, whichever one it is when the plane crashes, um, I thought was reasonable. There's one that, hang on, I gotta look this up to make sure, but. Uh, what, Jurassic Park 2? Was probably not the one. I think one. Jurassic Park 2 had, like, Vince Vaughn in it, didn't it? Did it really? Or some, That's why I, I remember, but I could be wrong. So I don't remember what Jurassic Park 2 is about. In comparison, I'm not seeing it based off the images either. But anyways, I probably digress here. because Oh, no. Alright, yeah. So I was right. Jurassic Park 3 is the one where they crash a plane. To me, that made more sense. The 2 one just seemed kind of like boring. And I don't even really remember it that much. But Jurassic Park 3 was the one where it would just happen to be someone just like flying basically um, over. And they crashed the plane. And I was like, okay, like, and now they're like trying to get out like of the island. I don't know. Well, I mean, it made more sense than like, and two, they purposely went back because they wanted to like, I don't know, get DNA and then ended up being more than that. There was like a twist and it was actually to make sure that it was safe for these people to come in and start tranking dinosaurs to bring back to like, like San Diego or something. You just like the, the reasoning for why they're there in the third one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for me, it was just kind of like a different reason, same movie. No, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're on this island. And there's, there's dinosaurs. dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, shit. Better get off the island. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's why, so like I, I said, I see I think, where you're coming from. I but, think uh, the, yeah. the Jurassic World movie, at least the first one, I don't like the second one, again. So the sequel to Jurassic World isn't that good. But the sequel of Jurassic Park which would be, I guess, Jurassic World, I thought was good and better than the the last two sequels that had happened of Jurassic Park, in my personal opinion. Yeah, just because I it took a modern I've seen twist. Jurassic World. I just remember it being very, very bland, blockbuster, like, so by the numbers stuff for me. I can I can see that. I definitely see that. Which I think is, it can be a big problem with a lot of sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that... It's just kind of a cookie cutter thing. It's unfortunate. It definitely is. Um, I have like an article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But actually, I'm really just going to read the title. And then we'll talk about what we think of it for starters. And I'll go into like other stuff. But it's basically just titled, Is the Film Industry Sequel and Remake Addiction a Sign of the End? No. Um, and mainly what he's talking about is 2017. And so just out of curiosity to get some evidence, I did look at 2017. Um, and it, there was a lot of sequels and a lot of remakes happening in 2017, apparently a lot more than usual. Um, he actually had the correct number, which I think was like somewhere near 43 movies that were released were categorized as a sequel or a remake in the year of 2017, which is a lot of freaking movies. Um, but when I was scrolling through the list, there's definitely ones right off the bat that I noticed that I thought were really good. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, which we've talked about on the channel before. Um, I think is almost better than the original. I, I think it is. Would that be considered a sequel or a remake? That's more of a sequel, right? It's a sequel. Yeah, right? Harrison Ford's in it. He's all old. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Uh, they're making a new Indiana Jones, the fourth one. 
Fifth one? Are they, they making it with Chris Pratt? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, and Harrison Ford's in it. It's going to be his last one as Indiana. Yeah. What are you guys, are they going to have gonna Harrison Ford headstone acting for him soon? Like, Jesus I guess. Christ, how old is he? Harrison Ford's pretty old. Uh, actually, also, and this is kind of a little off topic, so we'll probably cut this out. <laughs> but uh, I just saw Bethesda's making an Indiana Jones game. Great. It was released on their Twitter. Bethesda, so stand up. <laughs> yes. Again, Bethesda owns it. Like that's the only reason I even like look at Bethesda nowadays is that they they own like one of the companies that made my favorite game last year. <laughs> um, Murder on the Oriental is a remake. I haven't seen the original, which is uh, I think is really bad for me because it's made by our director. I really love Sidney Lumet. Uh, really. And I just haven't seen it yet. But uh, the remake's good. I thought the uh, remake was good. I I saw it yeah. in theaters with you and uh, kind of in, inoffensive again, like not a lot of risk based off mm -hmm. an original IP. Uh, you know, it was I like the before. acting. Yeah, I mean, I think Kenneth Branagh's in that. There's like a lot of big people in Murder in the Orient Express. I think William Defoe was in it. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. The, wow. like the, yeah. the cop, like whatever. <laughs> uh let's see what else i mean obviously freaking 2017 had a lot of obviously uh what do you call superhero movies yes <laughs> we had wonder woman coming out of dc we had thor ragnarok uh justice league spider-man homecoming guardians of the galaxy volume 2 just an absolute ton of uh sequels i don't know why get out is listed movies. there get out's not a sequel uh, this isn't... No, no, this is all movies from 2017. Oh, okay. Because Shape of Water is also not a sequel, is it? Yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, uh, Star so Wars The Last is, Jedi was not a so good So the one. argument of this article is that since there's so many remakes and sequels that the film industry is dying because it's cut, running out of original ideas. Is what, yes. What he's Basically what's the foundation. That is so bullshit. I hate that. I hate it when people say that. I agree. That's like saying that people run out of things to paint. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. No. Are you joking? No. But I do think we can base off of that. Why is it why is it that we are in an era of remaking and sequeling so much? People eat it up like it's Because fucking... it's a money maker, really, is what it yeah. is, right? Is that that's really what it is? Yeah. People you have no like no idea how many people flock to movies like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is insane how little risk it involves. Because you are guaranteed the profit almost every time. Well, yeah, because if you come out with, like, and, like, this even happens with game design, right? You come out with an original IP. Like, there's a ton of risk involved in that. Because here uh -huh. comes here comes something that is totally new. No one's ever heard of. There's no basis for it at all. So it could be good, could be bad. Who knows, right? But then you, if you, if it does extremely well, and you go, okay, we're going to make that again, but we're going to make it two. <laughs> the second one right people are gonna automatically be like okay this is gonna be great and it could be just okay right but like at that point you've already sold yeah with game design with games is a little bit harder we'll probably get into game uh remakes and sequels as well um because there's definitely been a lot of those as well so we'll talk about that with games yeah. is a little bit harder because there is risk involved because they'll just refund it you can't refund a movie ticket once you go to the movies uh, well, I mean, with the re it's not really, it depends on what platform you're using, whether or not it's easy to refund it, uh, I think. 
Wait, can you oh, actually played? refund? Or mo oh, I'm talking about video games. So oh, I, I was talking about movies. I was. I was no, I mean you I could go it. and complain, I guess, and they might give mm -hmm. you a free ticket in return. But not really. It's well, it's less of, like you gotta look also with video games. It's sixty dollars versus ten. True. So that is true. <laughs> it's a little different, I think. Um, but. Uh -oh. I don't. You think the fact that people can refund it is like a huge detriment to video game sequels? Oh, I don't think it's a detriment. I think making a sequel of a video game is is still just as easy as making a sequel, uh, for a movie in terms of you know the the act of risk, uh, involved. But I I do say that uh there is possibly just that smidgen more of risk involved in doing games because of the fact that it can be refunded. Oh. Right, if like something like uh you know, I I don't know, pick your sequel does extremely bad in game design, a lot of people are gonna refund it, so that company doesn't necessarily get the same amount of profit. It's not like when if a movie goes out in theaters and everybody flocks, but everybody hates it, it gets a bad review. They still get all the payment from the people that went, even if they hated it. You know what I mean? Because they can't yeah. refund that. I know, but don't you technically have like if to not play the game in order to refund it basically like what is what is on steam, steam is two hours like two hours yeah that's like barely playing it yeah it is for most games it's barely playing it i can agree with so that. if you return it after that long then you obviously didn't want to play it in the first place i guess mm -hmm. right or something's really wrong with it although like a lot of people could tell that cyberpunk wasn't great in two hours <laughs> so well that's for bugs and stuff yeah um another going back on remake or uh, sequels sorry uh it i thought was an amazing remake or sequel both oh yeah okay i guess I mean, it and it too it was technically a remake of the old it and yeah, then it uh -huh. too is a sequel or to you could it. you could consider it a reboot because remakes are like kind of um the same plot but redone mm -hmm. and reboots are kind of like taking the same plot but revamping it and changing it and stuff mm -hmm. i i like so. it the first one as a reboot i thought it did extremely well yeah I, I liked it too and uh i think the second one pulled it a little bit further i did have some issues with the second one but not a ton i don't think it's as good as pretty the business one. lady says egg egg eggs eggs could i offer you an egg in these trying times uh, what else is there? There's a ton of just stuff. 2017 had a, a lot of good titles, though, as well. John Wick Chapter 2 was a sequel. Yeah, I like that one. I thought that one was good. Egg. The Raid 2. The Raid 2 is uh, definitely a sequel that is the first movie, but improved on in almost every aspect. Oh, that one was good. So, if anybody's looking for a kick-ass, uh, like, hand-to-hand -hand combat movie the raid 2 you don't get much better than that maybe besides like drunken master so raid 2 uh, is the only one out of the raid series that i've actually seen like half of what's my opinions on eggs their opinions on eggs uh i like them eggs are good depends yeah. on how you have them scrambled or over easy there's more ways. Or in an omelet. I don't know. There's, tons There's of ways lots of ways. There's not just two ways. <laughs> Alright, we're talking about just the two ways. <laughs> what is the sequel to the egg? Is it the chicken? Oh, that's a good one. 
Is the sequel okay. to the to the egg a chicken or is the sequel the egg? Exactly. I think that is the age old adage. Or is it a remake? <laughs> um, um what were we talking about? <laughs> no, not that question. Derailed me. Uh I, I, oh I, I was talking about the raid. Yes. Oh Alien raid Covenant. Two. Came out in twenty seventeen. Uh, Alien Covenant's not good. I don't know. No, that one's awful. Um yeah. really bad. Uh so yeah, actually we were talking about raid two. Sorry. Uh raid two is the only one that I've seen half of, and it was because when we, uh, I had gone over yeah, Tommy's house sitting... with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually thought it looked good. Like, it did pretty good, so. It's, oh, it's amazing. It's so good. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of good sequels, and mm-hmm. there's also probably just as many bad ones. Oh, definitely. Uh, and whether or not they're good or not is really, I feel, down to how much whoever is making it really wants to try to make something new. Uh because if they so don't want to, they really don't have to when it comes to sequels. They can really just not try <laughs> if they want to, and it can still be successful. Should we but, continue uh, talking about eggs, or should we talk about cheese now? Actually, we're talking about sequels, remakes, and reboots. Should we talk about some video game sequels? I don't know how much yeah, we could do that. I actually didn't. Okay, so I did a ton of research on sequels and remakes, but I didn't actually pull up uh, anything on games because I kind of just know a bunch off the top of my head, a little bit. Um, one of the main ones that I always think about, or right off the bat that I thought was good is, uh, what is it, Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider has great sequels. Uh, do you mean the re- like, okay? So there's original Tomb Raider and then it's a rebooted stream. The yeah, okay. Uh, I guess now I'm talking about rebooted. Yeah, a, no, I agree. I I like those. Games. Although I never liked the, I I never minded the original ones either. The original ones aren't bad, right? They just I like I haven't played one all the way through, but just playing it nowadays, like the tank controls just do not age very well. Uh, personally, <laughs> well, I mean that's I that's pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, I mean in some games it's like kind of more bearable. But there's like there's like platforming in Tomb Raider uh, that makes. The, the tank control is just like 10 times worse. It's not like Silent Hill or Resident Evil where you're running down like hallways. It is like, oh, you got to jump onto this ledge and do a backflip. And you're like, Jesus, I can barely like tie I can my barely shoes. move forward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for the follow-up, Pretty Business Lady. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is The Junk Box. You can find us on Spotify as well now. And uh, I'm working on uh, Apple iTunes as well. Uh, and YouTube. Uh, we have our first episode up, which was about cyberpunk, and our second one was about horror movies, um, and that's going to be up on uh, shortly as well. It'll be pretty cool. Um, Sam, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the stream. Thanks for stopping by. Um, um, I think uh, an internet, like, if we're just going to start talking about video game sequels, personally it's not really a game i've played a whole lot of or a series that i've played a whole lot of it's dark souls because mm-hmm. it's really interesting because first of all i mean it's so weird because it's hard it's hard to categorize which ones are sequels or which ones are not because like is is dark souls technically a sequel to demon souls because it kind of is so demon souls was well received dark souls was even better received because more people mm-hmm. played it and then Dark Souls 2 really was not, because no, Dark, Dark Souls, Souls 2, 2 changed awful. a lot about the game that people did not like. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently nowadays, I think people are more forgiving um, about like Dark Souls Two and its design and what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. So they might not be as mad, but I remember at the time that Dark Souls Two came out, people were not were very upset how different it was, and I think. Again, with with sequels, video game, movie, whatever, uh, there again, there's there is that expectation that it's gonna be similar to the first one, uh, at least in some certain aspects that people think is important. Yeah, and I think that's and why the third three one, did so good. Yeah, that's what three kind of like reverted went, back. Yeah, like it kind of went more towards Dark Souls one than it did two. Because probably a lot to do with, I imagine, the poor reception of the newer ideas they were trying. Mm-hmm. No, and I think that's I think that's absolutely right. I think that's with like a lot of sequels, right? Like if they try something new and it doesn't get well received, they try and make up for it. And that sometimes happens with movies as well. Um, I know some sequels that are often considered better than the first movie. Um, directors have been known to say that, oh, we just kind of built off of the first one and tried to relook at the mistakes that we made in that one and did them better in the second. Right. It's sequels can often be kind of like, uh, uh, what do you call it? A redemption for the story that they were trying to create in the first one. Uh, and that can happen in games as well. Right. Yeah. I think it's more prominent in games as well, because a lot of times, uh, games will have numerous sequels. Um, movies will too though. So I don't know. I guess that's not really a point. Um, I know one se- one stretch of sequels um, that was really big was um, crap. What's that one called? It's on the PlayStation. Uncharted. Uncharted. You got it. Wow. The Uncharted series has been like totally known for that. I've I've played every one of those games, and mm-hmm. every time it gets better and better. Like some people are just like oh. I think uh, Uncharted 2 is like the best one, and Uncharted 2 is a really good game. But I honestly think each one is better than the last one, which is what mm-hmm. I feel like you should think yeah. looking at a series of games like that, is that you hope they improve on what they did in the past. And I think they did 100%. And it also helps going from game to game, having the same characters, you know, uh, mm-hmm. kind of that comforting, comfort food type feeling when you see the the characters that you know and love. Uh, you know, palling around again, which is cool. No, Uncharted is great. I think the, yeah. that's definitely a case nice. of a really good, good game uh, set of sequels. Uh, <laughs> another one that I think is interesting is the first three Dooms, technically, because there's Doom One and there's Doom Two, which are very similar to each other. Doom mm-hmm. Two is pretty much just like a kind of bigger, more like more content version of Doom One. Mm-hmm. And then Doom Three, they're like, let's throw all of that garbage out the window and make a horror game. I don't like Doom Three, uh, an atmospheric horror <laughs> game, which people, not a lot of people don't, because it's not like Doom. Uh, no, it's not at all. I don't, I don't think it's a bad game. It's just not Doom. survival horror <laughs> is not what Doom was about. Like I understand what they're trying to do, but I, I think they definitely learned from the mistake of Doom Three, and that's why 2016 was so good. Like we gotta oh, do yeah. like a whole 180. Like the people did not like that. Definitely. Um, uh, pretty I mean, business also lady weird. says, oh, uh, "I'll 100% watch the horror movie one. Horror movies are awesome. They are. 
We definitely do a lot of talking on here about horror movies, no matter what topic we're talking about. There's not too much about them. Yeah, I we gotta really like do. say it out loud so there's some more room in my head for more movies. <laughs> like you, you could honestly talk to us about any horror movie, and we'd definitely be able to go off on a tangent about that. Yeah. Uh, but it, Doom Three is interesting because it's not technically Doom Three because Doom Sixty Four came out mm -hmm. and. Supposedly is like a better sequel to the first two Dooms than Doom Three is, just because it's more to that classic formula. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that's just an example of them doing a radical experiment that just didn't work out. I'm sure in some cases it does. Like I, I feel like 2016 Doom was kind of like a radical experiment because. From what you, if you look at what they were trying to do originally with Doom, they were trying to make like a military COD shooter with it, because that was kind of like the flavor of the month at the time when they were developing it. Mm. And they were just like, ah, oh, no, we gotta like change all of this, go back to the roots, like of why people play Doom. They play it for that intensity, and then they added modern things like glory kills and mm -hmm. you know, better AI and. Well, and they did a great job with the health levels. system. I had, like, written an entire paper about their health system and that. Yeah, and, and then the they improve it on it on uh, Doom Eternal. Cause, yep. Like, that, that sets the foundation for uh, that progro like promotion of aggression to get your health back. Mm -hmm. Doom Eternal takes that idea and then just, like, completely runs with it. Where you have now have, like, four different abilities that are your resources that you need to go in and get in their faces to use. So... When it works like that, when it, when each sequel works like a step on a set of stairs, that's the those are the best kind of sequels that they have elevated the the original concept. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh, let's move into remakes. Um. And I feel like remakes the best place to start. We can't go anywhere else without talking about this. Uh, Disney right now is. I mean, on a remaking hike. I mean, the hike I of a lifetime. I think they might, they might die down a little bit, I think. I hope so, because I don't know if you know this, but in 2019, they remade five animations into live-action remakes. Five uh, of their animations, starting with Dumbo in March. Uh, then they did Aladdin in May, The Lion King in July, Sleeping Beauty in October, and then... Uh, Lady and the Tramp in November, uh, and then their latest one was uh, Mulan in twenty. There's a Lady and the Tramp live action. Yes, remake. apparently there's a live action remake of Lady. I didn't and even the know Tramp. about that. It was one. on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know how they remade that one. I guess they just had two dogs, and you know, uh, like the yeah. classic scene where they meet in the middle of spaghetti noodle. I guess they just made the two real life dogs do that. Okay, <laughs> but. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot uh, of remakes to happen in one year. I five movies. I think people are getting burnt out though, because I'm pretty sure Mulan was not received well whatsoever. Oh uh, really? I thought I yeah. know a lot of people were excited for it because there was a lot of people that really enjoyed the animation, and they're hoping this remake was going to be like great. Uh, I haven't really looked into how well it did yet, but I haven't heard but, anything, so I guess that's not good. Mm -hmm. I think. They're really, they're they're capitalizing on it so hard mm -hmm. that they're gonna burn people out of it really quickly. I think a couple of years from now you won't near, you'll probably still see them. 
Oh yeah. Not at the frequency of five a year. I no, that's it. crazy. <laughs> like, I know Aladdin was a weird one. So many people are like, that one was weird. Because, like, I guess, like, the CGI on, like, I saw that one. was, like, wicked weird. It was, it was fine. It was fine? <laughs> are, Again, you like, why, are you trying to like, hold back it, some You gotta look at it. <laughs> even just, like, you know, besides how it looks just generally, why would you ever trade Robin Williams for Will Smith in any universe? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't bother. Like, uh, like there's nothing wrong I mean, with he animations. Did fine. I know he did also Will Smith did fine, but it's like, mm-hmm. why would you do it when one already exists? Exactly. I agree. Ex- I agree. That's better. I mean, there's like things they try to change to like make it a little different, but it's such a negligible, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. I think they add like one new musical piece or something, mm-hmm. and they change the the plot a little bit. But yeah, I mean, eventually they're gonna run out of animations to remake too. Right? No, they got their whole archive of like public domain, man. They're good. I guess because they've already remade like Alice in Wonderland. Like, oh god, That's they did that one. Better. They did Maleficent, Cinderella, The Jungle Book. Although I did again, Jungle Book was one of the ones that I heard did well. I saw that one, yeah. As opposed fine. to the animation, I don't, I don't know. Again, though, a lot of the animations, even though that they were done like, especially some of the ones that they're remaking, which you know were like the early to late nineties, like you could still go back and watch them, and they're totally fine. They feel like they mm-hmm. fit fine. Like Beauty and the Beast was never a bad animation. Oh, so like to go and remake it like i'd have no i mean personally but that's also me because i'm a horror junkie and like intense thriller junkie but like me going to go see a beauty and the beast remake i'd just go watch the like original i don't know i just that's the yeah. way my mind works and same thing with anything like eventually they're gonna get to the point where they're gonna remake like toy story as live action <laughs> i had like i think I, I made a joke like a while ago uh that There'll be there'll be a point where they start remaking the live action ones into animation again because they oh forgot God. the animated original one existed. <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting for the Cars live action remake. Okay, yeah, With a bunch of cars with talking faces. That would be a horror movie. <laughs> my God. Oh my God. Like Christine uh, up in there. I just watched Cars though, and again, it's another one of those animations. So I was like, "This is good." Now, again, if we're going back on sequels though, Cars two, I don't like. I thought the Cars one was great. I haven't seen any Cars sequel, so I don't know. I haven't. I watched the second one, and then I was like, "Where the hell are they going?" And now they have them like overseas, like Cars, where they're like in Italy racing, and it's it totally like, communist. I guess overseas. I don't know. It went totally like bonkers. There's like spy cars now. Like I don't know. It's like a whole nother. Oh. Like well, we are crazy. fighting communists. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched them. I just know, like, the first one was, like, an interesting idea, and I thought it was good. And then from there, they just blew it out of proportion. They took a good idea and just was like, all right, let's now, like, make them race in, like, Italy. And they're getting, okay, now we're also going to have, like, a, like, a James Bond moment where there's, like, spy cars, like, doing back. We should try something different, man. (laughs) I guess. You know, that that is fair. That is fair. They didn't just, like, remake completely, right? Yeah. But it's also a kid's movie. Sometimes they just need to let it die, you know? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's more. I feel like that's more of a problem with TV. Oh, that happens all the time in TV. There's right? just TV series that just go on way past their expiration date because people keep will still watch it, and the network's like, "We're well, not gonna get rid of it if we're still making money off of mm-hmm. it." That's definitely something we could totally talk about because technically each TV season is just like a sequel to the last one, right? So I think like the best one that you could ever talk about, in my opinion, that I just finished watching it was Breaking Bad. I mean, they knew exactly where to end that. It has a very nice ending to it. I think it wraps everything up. And there was no need for them to go on. Even though they could have. They definitely could have. That's what Better Call Saul is for. The spinoff, you know. Well, yeah, I guess, right? But like if you make a spinoff, then it makes sense. You know what I mean? But there's yeah. some, like we could talk about The Walking Dead. Which is total. I mean, it's. I think they're still making episodes for that, aren't they? I have no idea. I fell but off the, like the Walking Dead so wagon long. in like 2013. Or I something. did too. I watched the first three seasons and I was like, "Oh, this is good." But then by the end of the third, they started like it became more of like a drama than what I thought. Like I remember the first episode. I've rewatched the first episode before. The first episode captured everything I thought like was gonna be great about it because it was like, dude, like wakes up. And he's like walking through, and now there's zombies everywhere, and like it well, wasn't trauma yeah, ridden. Good... It was like really good. Uh-huh. And then good an introduction just... because you're in the same space that he is. You're waking mm-hmm. up in this world. You don't know what's going on. It's a it's a good framing device for the entire story for sure. Well, I, I would kind of. You said that it becomes a drama. I think it was always a, just a drama, like kind so? of just like a soap opera. Especially season two. Season two. I don't know if you remember season two when they're on that farm. There's like five straight episodes where it is nothing just but them, like characters just talking to each other. Yeah, I guess that's a point. About nothing. Like, See, that's what bored me. To happen. Like, yeah. They're, they're in imminent danger all the time, and yet they could go like, <laughs> like an entire week without a single zombie stepping foot onto this farm. Like, really? I don't know. You know, like, I feel like I just needed more of what the first season brought, which was like, yeah, a I'm okay. Action. Like, yeah, I'm okay with there not being action as long as whatever the drama is about is interesting. Whatever it was about, it was not. It was always like about something stupid, like someone got pregnant or something. Like Exactly. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't right. care about any of these characters. Like, <laughs> Show me the zombies. I want to see people get decapitated. <laughs> well, no, it's not so much that I need to want to see the zombies. It's just that you got to give me a reason to care for any mm-hmm. of these people. Like, well, is it like is what they're trying to do. I understand If that, you took but... out all like the bullshit of like the talks, like there was a couple of good points with characters like, the first season, uh, he like locks uh, what's his face up on top of the the roof, right? And like a later season, like he comes back. Or something. Yeah. yeah, like in in a later season, he comes back and like there's a whole arc with that, and he's like still pissed off and stuff. And there's like this whole thing where he's trying to attack, but he doesn't realize that his brother's there. Like it was kind of interesting. Like yeah, that's kind of drama ish, but it it was important because it related to what you've seen in the past, and like there's a whole story with that. But yeah. where I fell off was the episodes where it was just bullshit that they just, like, filled in. Yeah. Like, it had I no mean, correlation think... with, like, the real buildup of the story or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shane's... A, I, I remember Shane's arc being a good one. Mm-hmm. Isn't that his name? Shane? I think so. Yeah. But, but like, uh... there was a couple times, too, where they just left a place. And I was like, okay. Like, like for instance, I remember... I made it all the way to, like, the prison, I think. Was the last yeah, that's where I, I stopped. And like at the end of that season, they just leave the prison. 
Well, it's because they fuck. Well, they blow the gates open, don't they? With I don't a cake. know. I guess. Okay. Yeah, they blew blew the front open. But you telling me they couldn't figure out a way to like rebuild that and like make it like safe again? Like they fought over every inch of that ground, and they're just like, oh, tank just blew up the front. Whatever. I guess we just leave. Like, dude, they could have chopped down like if okay, if the gates were that bad. They could have, like, chopped up, like, logs and, like, stacked them. Or, like, they could have done something that would have been more interesting than them just, like, purposely moving onto new and new places every single time. Because at this point in the seasons, it's, like, understood that there ain't no coming back from this. At this point, it's just survival. Like, from what they understand, this infection has spread everywhere. And, like, everybody's zombies everywhere. So there is no, like, safe haven that a lot of, like, uh... Uh, like that happens in novels too. Anytime there's like a zombie outbreak, there's always like, oh, is there a safe haven somewhere? Like, where no one's been turned into a zombie, and it's just like, I don't know, I don't know. It was okay, but it's definitely by now. Like, I fell off the wagon a long time ago. But if they're still making episodes, like, I, I was on to the impression that that should have died at like season five, and they just won't let it go. And that's, like, my point. There's a lot of TV shows that are like that, where, like, they I mean, just, they there's are... a point where they just need to cut their losses or, like, something. I... Well, not really losses, but, like, let it end and maybe do, like, I don't know, some sort of spinoff or something afterwards, you know? Yeah. I mean, for The Walking Dead, it is based off a comic, so I don't know how closely it follows that. Like, I, I wonder if they've run out of content from that at this point. Maybe. But... I never read yeah. the comics, so I can't really. Uh, oh, neither have I. So I, I think that's sure. like, like we'll be talking about superhero comics and all about those. I will say, okay, superhero wise, I've been happy with sequels in the superhero universe from Marvel. I will say that. Do I think they're by far the deepest movies ever or the most interesting? No. But in terms of sequels, they always build off of a, like the universe that they had. And I think the way in which they did it was smart. And it followed the comics from what I read as a kid. So in terms of that, I give them a lot of credit. Because right from the get-go with the first Iron Man and the original Hulk, which was their first two movies, they had a plan to like immediately turn this into a universe. And they were able to correlate all these universes together so that by the time you make it to the Avengers... And then you make it to obviously like uh, later on when you when you make it to obviously Thanos and all that that happens like it doesn't feel very odd for all these characters to be combined finally like if they had done the sequels poorly like by the time you make it to Thanos it would have felt like just like okay why is Guardians of the Galaxy here now all of a sudden and like all this other shit like it would have felt really weird and misplaced but the way in which they did it they obviously clearly had a pass set out from the beginning and I think I gotta give them credit on that at the very least. Again, superhero movies aren't very deep. They're often usually the same idea, you know. But yeah. I think they did a very good job in doing that in comparison to something like uh, DC that seems to be struggling all the time <laughs> with capturing the same idea. It's just with DC, I feel like it's a tonal thing. But yeah, I, I feel they, that too. They, they just can't really seem to nail what they're trying to go for. Because, like, they'll have something like the, the Dark Knight trilogy, which is really pretty dark and not... It's really good, doesn't though. Of, doesn't have a lot of humor in it no. compared to, like, you know, the Marvel stuff. And then they see the Marvel stuff is doing so good and just like, oh, with Justice League, let's have them all be joking around and stuff. Or, and, 
So <laughs> it's just squad. when you jump back and forth between all that stuff, it's like really jarring sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I don't think DC knows what they want to do. So they're just kind of trying to follow trends at this point. And they've been struggling with the Joker character forever since Dark Knight. Although, is the new Joker movie technically Joker? I don't know. I actually haven't seen uh... that. Is that DC or no? Is that like a canon DC idea or canon? I have yeah. no idea. I don't know because I know that's really good. But I know since Dark Knight, which was Heath Ledger's Joker, they've been struggling with the Joker character. Because obviously he shows up in like Suicide Squad and is awful. Absolutely awful in that. Um, and then from there, I don't know. Like They just have a hard time with that. And also Batman. Batman's been kind of weird at points. It depends on if you're talking about live action or not. In In animation... I feel like Batman and the Joker have been handled really well because the Joker. Oh, I agree. Well, technically, that was before the Dark Knight series, wasn't it? That the animations uh, no, were. No, there's some, no, there's some animated movies that came out after Dark Knight. Oh, okay. I the Killing those, Joke so. came out like a couple years ago. Okay. And that had Mark Hamill as the Joker. And then I don't remember uh, the guy who plays Batman, but he's a really good Batman. I'm definitely just like. A Heath Ledger not though. I don't know. There was something about that good. acting that was like really good. Mm-hmm. Which is also why I talk so much about it in our like in sequels as well because I think it was I, I don't know. It killed it for me. I mean honestly again though all the Dark the, the, the Dark Knight trilogy in general I thought was really good. I mean you could make an argument that Bane's incorporation that movie was like just okay. I, I've heard a lot of people say that. I thought it was good. I think I the was first one's the weakest, if you ask me. You think so? I like I like the the scarecrow idea and the actor and all that. Like I felt like the acting with scarecrow was good, though. Yeah. I don't. It, it, <laughs> it was a, it was okay because it was kind of <laughs> setting things up. I felt like, but at the same time, also, do we really need to set up Batman at this point? You know, I mean, that's a I that's know. a thing. Although, Every I mean, time I guess... we, you start a new Batman <laughs> series, do we gotta go over the origin stories or Spider Man or whatever? Like every time, that's what I liked about the new Spider Man movie. They did not. I don't think they did an origin story. What you mean? You mean in uh... Homecoming? Oh, in oh, Homecoming? Do they do it? I don't even remember. No, they didn't. Not in Homecoming. Yeah, actually, the like Spider Man already. The entire it? time with Spider Man, no, there's never been that because. Technically, Homecoming came after mean? Civil War. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm talking about like one well, with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, like those franchises. Those always needed the yeah origin story. But so with, this time they're like, well, you guys already know who Spider Man mm-hmm. is, so just you and know, then Spider Man. <laughs> of course, they played on that in the uh, the animated Spider Man as well that we saw. Yes, love uh, that one. Because the all they kept on doing, remember, like they would bring in, like, oh, I was from, you know, whatever, yeah, <laughs> like they go off, like you heard Gwen's backstory, you heard like the anime Spider-Man <laughs> backstory, but like it was, it was just like a trope, really. I mean, it was a play on the idea that, like, here's all these backstories of all these people coming in, right? Yeah, but, like, I do like how in that movie they're all waiting for Miles to have that, uh that like turning point that they all have because it's such a trope at this point oh like, yeah it's a leap it's, of faith it's, it's very it's, <laughs> it's done so tongue-in-cheek to a point where it like you can't really be mad at it no it was <laughs> so, a joke i mean it really was yeah. it was just a joke the entire time like you didn't feel like it was anything more than that 
But yeah, uh, it had a really good arc to it. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I don't know if it was just a joke, because, like, that whole no, thing... No, the movie it, isn't a joke, but, yeah. like, the well, like, I mean, the, the idea of them playing on it was a little bit. I think the fact that it's just like, oh, well, they, they're waiting for it to happen is kind of funny, but mm-hmm. that, that, that scene where it does happen, it is taken very seriously, because uh, it's right after his uncle dies, and his mm-hmm. father comes to his door, and he's just, like, talking to him through the door. And like it's a very sweet moment. Uh, oh, it is. It's very but, deep. Yeah. So, I think it. It's not so much just a joke, but it's just done in a way where it doesn't seem like, oh my god, I'm rolling my eyes at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh like, no, I, just, I didn't mean I like think that. The whole, the whole fact that his uncle was a villain to begin with was just a, an interesting twist on that whole Uncle Ben dying concept, because that technically, would, you know, his Uncle Ben dies. That's Uncle Ben yeah. to him. No, definitely. Uh, so. But it's way more interesting because the moral ambiguity around it, because he technically was kind of evil, mm-hmm. you know. And then it brought like the father-son connection closer and all that stuff. It was definitely like wicked deep and like. And then they didn't even like, like some of the Spider-Man movies. I know, like Andrew Garfield um, and uh, McGuire. There, they both when they did their like intros, they talk. Or there's, like, acting that happens at that pinnacle point where they, like, you know, the realization kicks in, right? But with Miles in this one, they actually cut out all of that. And, yeah, he made, like he has the realization occur after his dad and all that. But that entire, like, scene after the father's done talking at the door is all overlaid with, like, a music score and, like it's completely silent other than like when he ends up down in the bottom uh in like the basement and like the the aunt goes oh i was wondering when you'd get here and like there's that whole thing but like the entirety of it is just music and like yet they still like portray this like deep justification in this like you know it's him realizing like what he's capable of and then obviously he uh you know pushes off with the glass yeah. the glass breaks and they do the uh, yeah, the awesome like, point uh... That's just, you know, filmmaking. Oh, uh, yeah. Show, don't tell. Exactly. You know, he, 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 he didn't need to go, wow, I now realize something. Exactly. Now, the but they do like, that oh, in the wow, other ones. Something now. Oh, yeah, I'm not. So, yeah, they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Because uh, they sometimes just filmmakers think that the, the audience is really stupid, which I sometimes they are. But, <laughs> I mean, speaking from a filmmaking point of view, I can think that uh, most audiences are pretty dumb. But... Also, they're all they're smart enough to be able to empathize with characters on screen and understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, so something like that doesn't need to be said out loud. And so the, I think the movie realizes it. And, and a lot of good filmmakers realize that you don't need to say something out loud for it to come across. Uh, movies that don't realize that are the ones that are you're like, oh my god. It's like expedition dumps or characters like mm-hmm. saying how they're feeling out loud or I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it's a very confident movie, very confident sequel. Uh, now, what interesting you call that a sequel? Would you call that a sequel? No, it's, it's not. Spider-Man. That's all on its own. Like a spinoff, yeah. It's like a complete spinoff, yeah. It's definitely yeah. a spinoff. Um, one remake that's not on here. Actually, it might be on here on this Disney thing that I'm looking at. Real, let's see. Um, uh... no, I don't see it. Um. There was a remake by Disney on, well, I mean, most people know it, 
Um, the I was gonna say Alice in Wonderland, but it's not Alice in Wonderland. It's um the Wizard of Oz. That's what? actually a remake. Like the the old one is a remake no, of an color. older one that is not good at all. So for like in talking about remakes, the the one that we all know and love with like you know the dazzling red shoes and the the flying monkeys and all that shit that you know we grew up with. That's actually a remake of an older one that happened 17 years earlier that like came out 17 years earlier that actually a lot of people say isn't good at all. Did it come out in 1920? I think so. Because I think Alice in Wonderland, not, I mean, I fucking know. I got me saying that. A Wizard of Oz is like 1937, wasn't it? I didn't know it was a sequel. or. A so Wizard of Oz, the one that we know of, came out in 39. Wow, that's close. What was the original? Uh, are you sure that would have been really early uh filmmaking i'm like pretty That'd saying be, that would be like i'm talking about the one that's technicolor yeah yeah so there was one that was not technicolor that was black and white before that if you're saying it come out it came out 17 years before wizard of oz that could be like you know po like pre-sound I'm trying to find it. I know I read about this. The Jazz Singer came out. Like, oh man, when the Jazz Singer? I don't know. I I haven't heard of The Wizard of Oz being a, a remake, but yeah, that would have to. You find anything? I'm looking it up. I didn't know if that's the case. I can see it being based off of like a book or a play or something, but it's kind of hard to imagine that there was a movie before it. I don't know. I'm not finding it. By your silence, you're not finding it. Yeah, I don't think it is. Not that I know. Oh, no. Again. 1910. It was technically considered to be, uh, it was called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and it was a 15-minute uh, film in 1910. Yeah. That would have been completely without sound. That would have been all title cards. Yeah. So I guess that would make sense that the, the remake would be better than, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the case. reason that, no, I mean, The Wizard of Oz is a great movie, but the reason it was so successful is because of its use of Technicolor. Well, actually, everything that happens in Kansas, too, is uh, black and white as well. And then it wasn't colored until they yeah, got you... to Oz. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the... yeah. That was, like, the whole, like, big reveal of Technicolor. Yeah. Which is beautiful and very uh, was very expensive at the time, and that's why it hadn't really been done before. Because it's basically, like, running three cameras at the same time to get one picture. Mm -hmm. uh, so very, uh, very costly. But uh, beautiful, beautiful, definitely. I have a lot of sure. remakes on this I, I would, right now. I'd be curious to uh, know how successful, it, like how much of its success was based off of the fact that it was in color. Mm -hmm. It would have done just as well if it was in black and white. We have some sequels up. Yeah, I'm looking at them. Uh, Scarface was a sequel. Yes. There is an original Scarface from like. Or not a sequel, actually, it was a remake. 
Yeah. Yeah, from 40, like, 39, 30, maybe. 32. Damn, okay, even earlier than I thought. Yeah, it's basically uh, that Scarface's Prohibition-era uh, Scarface, where I've seen it. Uh, it's a good movie. The remake is better, you think? Yes. With Al Pacino? I mean, it's it's kind of, like, weird to compare it to it, because... Like technically, the original Scarface is like a gangster, like movie classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're very different movies. Scar, the new one is more entertaining, if you ask me. Uh, but the first one's still good. It's just the if you're looking, it's like the jump from the '70s and 1932 is like a huge jump. So it's weird to even compare two movies like that, that are like such leagues apart. Like as a 1932, you know, film technology was still just really early on. So there's so much stuff that happened between those two points. But yeah. Uh, good movie. Well, I have the movie. wizard of Oz one up that the, this article actually is the one that I read then that talked about wizard of Oz. Uh, apparently, the one that we all know was in 39, and this article is talking about the original, which was in 1925, that apparently interpreted the story as a heavy-handed slapstick silent comedy and wasn't very funny. What the hell? Oh. So, uh, in 1939, they remade it, and that was obviously the Technicolor one that we all knew. Yeah. Loved. Um, this one talks about The Thing as well. Because obviously we had talked about how the thing has is the remake, um, uh-huh. and now there's a remake of the thing again, yeah. Uh, which I haven't seen that one, but I can say personally, the thing that I know of is good. I like the thing. Yeah. Uh, like, I haven't seen the original though either, so I guess I can't really from, be the one that makes it. It's almost that. more of a, re- right. I would say a reboot because it's so drastically different from the first one. Really, like the very first one, uh, is basically like a Frankenstein's monster. Oh, or the alien okay. it's just like this huge thing that they just like light on fire um and then the 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 one from 82 kind of just takes really the only thing it shares with the original is that there are a bunch of researchers in the in the like north like antarctic mm-hmm. uh and there's an alien running around that's, that's really the but only just, thing that it shares yeah but then the sequel Jesus, the remake, the remake of the '82 one, uh-huh. uh, is technically a prequel. Is it? Yeah, because it, 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 again, I feel like I've said this like you ten times. It's like it's the nor, it's the Norwegian at the beginning of the movie where those was the guys oh, the the I car. forgot about that. Yeah, so it's the it's what happens the at that Norwegian base before. Camp? Okay. Yeah. So, so it must show then at the beginning them digging up like the. I guess I haven't seen it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't seen it either. But I that would like, tell like the whole story there. Then that would make sense. Yeah, uh, I guess so. That fit. I feel like that's more closely related. That the 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 new remake is more closely relate, related to eighty two than eighty two is than to like the fifty one or fifty one. Yeah. Uh, but I guess yeah. that's fair. I mean, obviously, for me, the thing, the original, like not the original thing, but the thing. <laughs> Uh, is good. I think that one's amazing. So, yeah, well, the remake was supposed to have a bunch of prosthetics effects, mm-hmm. like, uh, and they cut them, 
I don't remember why. There, there was. You can still find footage of it. They have like some gnarly, really good-looking effects they made for the remake, mm-hmm. and then they 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 redid all of them. They put a bunch of CGI over all of the actual stuff. Hmm. I couldn't really tell you why. I think it might have. I'm trying to remember the reasoning, but. I think if I had to guess what the reasoning was, it was that some of it was in CGI and some of it wasn't. And they thought that it was too jarring to go from one to the other. So they're like, ah, we'll just do, we'll just go over everything with CGI. Like, gotta make it consistent. I mean, do have to make it consistent. Yeah. Is John Carpenter still making movies or no? No, he's no, not. He's too old. That's too bad. I don't think he's made a movie in a while. That's too bad because I mean his movies are are absolute legendary. No, I think he just smokes pot nowadays. In <laughs> LA. Uh, the Heat was another good remake. Heat? Are you talking about yes. the Michael Mann Heat? Heat with Robert De Niro and El Pacino. What is that a remake of? I I, I I'm I'm I know that you're right. That is a remake, but I don't really remember. Like, uh, let's what, see. Uh, so by the time he arrived in 1995, film fans were ecstatic to finally see them trade lines. That's uh, El Pacino and De Niro. Yeah. It's a really good movie, but uh, what is that based off of? L.A. Takedown. Yeah. Okay. It was an L- yeah, it was a 1989 TV movie called L.A. Takedown. Really? Yeah. Huh. Oh, I have uh, an interesting topic to bring up. Uh, so sure. Go for it. You know uh, good old Reservoir Dogs, right? You've seen that movie? No. What? I still haven't seen that movie. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess you really... That's a... Uh... That's the one with like all the um the names. Quentin right? Tarantino's uh, first movie. Yeah, yeah. Got Harvey Keitel. But they have like Chevy. Mr. Blonde and all that, right? Yeah. Mr. Okay. Blonde, Mr. Orange, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown. I, I like that's the amount that I know of it. Also, they have yeah. that they have that scene. I think you showed me it where he's like cutting off the ear. Is that in Reservoir yeah. Dogs? Yep. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. And he's like singing. So basically, that was you know when that movie came out, everybody loved it. It was a mm-hmm. big independent film success, launched Quentin Tarantino's career. Uh, that movie is basically just a ripoff of uh, I think it's either a Japanese or Chinese movie that is like the same exact plot um as Reservoir Dogs. So really. So yeah, you, you know, Tarantino's always kind of been a little controversial in the way that he steals things from other movies, but mm-hmm. his the plot of Reservoir Dogs is almost exactly the same as his other movie that exists. So there's like kind of talks around whether or not he should be like condemned for that almost, I guess, for being really blatant and stealing like an entire plot to a movie uh, for his original one. His movies are good though. Yeah, I mean, that's why people, I think it's less of a contentious point, is because people just love this movie so much, mm-hmm. and I, I love Red Four Dogs. Like, even knowing that now, I, I'm just not like it's going to really affect my opinion of that movie. I still love that movie. No, definitely. I agree. Uh, Something we already I talked about as well. Interesting. It, yeah. it was an amazing remake on the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I, I mean, I can't really say anything besides that. I think it was really good. The only thing that I've heard people spoke, like talk about in terms of it that they didn't like in comparison to the first one, uh, or the the original, 
uh, in terms of the remake was they said that they would never approach this clown like this isn't a very approachable clown whereas like the original it had a clown clown yeah i guess that's a point but in the same How often way in the first one do they approach him do they do that i mean i'm not waiting no hold on let me rephrase that in the remake how often do they just walk up to pennywise literally the only time there's ever a point where they walk up to pennywise is the opening scene with the okay with billy yeah right you mean when he's in the sewer and he's in the sewer okay yeah so that's what they're that. talking about approachable oh but at the okay. same time like you're talking about there's some different dynamics happening there right it's a young kid that you you know is going after his boat uh you have a dark rainy day like there's a lot of things that could have played into that so i don't i don't know i don't know i mean again i can agree like just hands down when you see pennywise in the the remake he's definitely not like the nicest looking clown but at the same time all the times you see him the kids are like afraid of him anyways like Like, tim i haven't seen the originals all the way through but tim curry's (laughs) version like is great but it's really goofy no, yeah. Well, I mean, that was like kind of. Uh, I'm gonna kind of wrap this up a little bit, but yeah. that was kind of something that happened a lot of times back then with some of the horror movies that were like that in terms of slashers and like kind of that kind of genre a little bit. Because I mean, when you look into like, uh, we've talked about Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, that's kind of comedic in a way. He had like evil. Yeah, well, that's like purposely Dead was comedic. comedic Sometimes as well. there's some things in the original it that is like just not. <laughs> meant to be funny oh but it is seeing it yeah yeah like i could see that i i i think the 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 remake the pennywise is way creepier than oh he is curry could have pulled off uh i had seen some like behind the scenes stuff too with the actor that played him and like one of the things that like he did like naturally was like he could like give himself a lazy eye like he had like you know how like if you look at pictures of like the Pennywise from it, actually I can pull them up real quick here as well. This is the picture of it in the new Pennywise, like that fat bottom lip. He was able to do that naturally, like the actor. So there's a lot of effects that like, whenever you see anything basically happening with his mouth or with his eyes, it wasn't done like post or it wasn't, it was all happening like live because he was capable of doing that. And that's why he was actually like one of the reasons why he was, hired to do it and be the actor for it was because of that because they said he came in and they were like how can you do that can you just do that naturally and he even does like an interview in this documentary that i saw on like behind the scenes kind of thing and he was like yeah basically i came in and i read the script that they gave me for the demo and like i was like i can just imagine this with like his teeth showing and like his eyes are like totally going bonkers and like he's like so i just did it yeah. <laughs> and i was like okay but it works like it totally works because he's so creepy like mm-hmm. there's things that there's subtleties like you'll see him like he's talking about something and like his mouth like just like slobbers like there's just like yeah he'll dripping. start drooling yeah, yeah and you're just like oh my god because i remember there's like one scene where he goes on like this talk for a moment and he starts drooling and then like he's just frozen there for a moment he doesn't like yeah, say anything second one. and you're yeah. just like whoa yeah it's the second one too which was the mm-hmm. sequel right yeah, but I, I know the iconic scene in the first one, too, that a lot of people know of that was, like, kind of scary was uh, when he comes out of the refrigerator because that was totally, like, ridiculous. And, like, 
thought it was like balloons Creepy. that came out of the refrigerator. Was that <laughs> no, he unfolds himself out of the refrigerator. Oh, I don't think I've seen that then. Oh yeah, I'll pull. I've seen a scene, like where they're all adults and they open the fridge and there's like a bunch of balloons that come out and start popping. That's like another again another instance of movie just being kind of goofy. Like that's not scary. It's just a bunch of balloons <laughs> coming out of a fridge. No, yeah, but like what you would have expected from the refrigerator scene. Here, I'll pull it up real quick. Here it is. Uh. <laughs> I don't really need to turn on audio. Wait, are you talking about the re? Oh, you're talking about the, okay, the first one. I'm the first sorry. one. You're talking about the remake. <laughs> yes, the remake. Well, we're on remake. You keep saying the first one. Okay. <laughs> so like he like unfolds, which no one like kind of really expected, I guess, because if you go off of typical like horror moments in this case, he would have just like appeared from like a doorway or something. But instead, they had him do this like weird disproportional like unfold, and it was really cool. And then he like bows and he's just like, Yo, how you doing? Like, like as if it was normal, you know? I don't know. It was definitely like really good. Like that's the scene when I, whenever I see like people talking about it like online, like that's the scene where people are like, oh, that was like really good. Yeah. And I agree. I think it like, that's like, that like nailed what like Pennywise is like the fear of him. Cause that would make me shit my pants if I saw some clown unfold himself out of a refrigerator that small. <laughs> Um, the other ghost that I, uh, the other ghost, the other horror movie that I recently saw that I thought was really good, um, actually, since we're talking about remakes and stuff, uh, Thirteen Ghosts, which came out in two thousand one, was a remake of the nineteen sixty one. I have it actually; it's the first one right here that I'm looking at. Um, and I saw the two thousand one and the nineteen sixty one, and I thought two thousand one was better. I, like I honestly have no idea what those movies are. Oh, you've never so. seen Thirteen Ghosts? I thought it was never good. It Never was even super heard of them, good. To be honest, it's like basically yeah. about this idea that there's like, uh, this guy, that he's like, he's not really a ghost hunter, I guess, but like there's these ghosts that are like real, basically, and they're like these condemned spirits or whatever, and uh, he's hunting them down basically, and he's like wicked famous for doing all this, and now all of a sudden there's these thirteen ghosts, and he's perceived to be dead. And his family members, like, basically get his house, and they go to go check it out, and the 13 ghosts are in the house. And sure. I'm butchering the story, but it's really good. And mainly because each of the 13 ghosts are, like, really interesting and different. There's, like, this one called, like, the Jackal that, like, runs at you and, like, screams and just, like, fucking sprints at you and then hops on your back or something and starts tearing up your back. I wish I could show you. Actually, I can. Let me let me see if I can pull up a scene about it. But just to kind of give some. Uh... Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. I just remember that was like it was another one of those moments where people are like, "Oh, this is really good." Um, Jackal from Thirteen Ghosts. This is it. Some fans love the taste. Hang on, of we have an ad. I'm gonna leave here for a moment, and then we'll we'll return after the ad's gone because we don't show ads on this channel. It's gotta be done by now. It's like thirty seconds. Okay, yeah, time that perfectly. All right, this is thirteen ghosts. I think this is. This looks like the the one that I'm talking about. I want. It's like this jackal that just is like. I thought it was so terrifying. Yeah, this movie looks 
Pammy. <laughs> she just like starts scratching the fuck out of him, so I don't know. That was freaky as hell. It's definitely Cammy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is from definitely early 2000s walk right here. It's such a log seed, too. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, the cube. Such a, like, it was campy, but it's good. Like, I thought it was good. It was better than the 1961, so. Hmm. In my personal opinion. Yeah. I don't, like... I think 1960s camp is probably more enduring for me than... Yeah, uh, the 2000s. 2000s. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Because, like, when... For me, like, kind of, like, old campy horror movies from, like, the 80s, 70s, like, you know, even 60s. Like, they're not good, mm -hmm. but you can tell that they were just doing it because they, they like, love it. Uh, and with a movie like that, that movie is, like, so sterile looking to me. And it's, like, definitely just, like, this studio project that, like, nobody really gave a shit about. So, like, the fact that it's bad is, like, less of a positive for me, I guess. Uh, cause in, I, in, in some cases I'm okay with, I would rather a movie be bad than just completely boring. Yeah, I can see that. But, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I, that's why I think, uh, 80s camp is more acceptable, at least for me, uh, is because it was really just people trying to make a movie uh, instead of not trying, I guess. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, in regards to remakes, right? So, I mean, like we've been talking about remakes, uh, in terms of movies, um, like, are remakes good or are they bad? And like, how do we feel about them in general? Like, are, would you rather have a sequel come out or would you rather have them remake a movie? I think it depends. If the original holds up enough to a point where there's not a point to remake it, then make mm -hmm. a sequel, I guess. Or don't do anything. Just leave it alone <laughs> yeah. that is always an option you don't have to make a sequel or remake it it can just exist on its own without anybody doing anything to it or touching it mm -hmm. you know so you're real. saying if a movie like stands on its own two feet still like there's no reason yeah. to touch it so like for instance one example i could use right now would be though the fly is technically a remake it's mm -hmm. i like the, the the newer one but obviously the effects in it are definitely dated I'm not saying they're like they still hold up. In my the opinion, Cronenberg they definitely one? yeah the Cronenberg one holds up very well. Yeah. But obviously yeah. with CGI being a thing nowadays, like they could totally like take it to like a modern level with it, like and I could yeah, definitely but... see that happening with how remakes usually go. You probably wouldn't want that being touched, right? I wouldn't want no. it being touched. I feel like well, the fly still holds on its two stand feet. Like, yeah, if the effects are, like, if you were going to make it purely to redo the effects, then I feel like that would be the worst reason to remake that movie. Mm -hmm. The effects are the best part about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cronenberg's, like, I mean, that's why you go watch that. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, there's other reasons, too, but definitely because of the Cronenberg effects. Right? Well, this happened before. Like, I, I just rewatched Total Recall with Tommy, mm -hmm. the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you ever seen Total Recall, John? No, I haven't. Total Recon, is Recall it? is fucking phenomenal. Is it? You Oh, you want me to give you a synopsis? Yeah, yeah, sell me. So basically, it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like the future. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he really wants to go to Mars, but like uh, he can't because he has a wife, and his wife's like, oh, don't go to Mars. So then he goes to this place called Recall, where they'll give you a, a memory of a vacation. Mm-hmm. And while he's there, they're like, oh, by the way, we have this package that's like the spy package. So, like, you'll live out this vacation on Mars, like, as if you were a spy. And then as he's getting the implant for this memory, they they find out that he's already been to Mars and his memory's been erased. What? Because he is a spy already. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, then he, and then he goes to Mars, uh, and it's, a, it's fucking, it's one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger's 80 action movies. And they remade it in, like, 2012. Uh-huh for absolutely no reason and completely sterilized every aspect of it. Uh, so it's kind of... I didn't think there... I mean, I could understand maybe why they wanted to remake it because, the, again, the 80s one is really cheesy. It's an Arnold, it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he has one-liners. It's really over-the-top, campy. Like, the effects are really out there. Like I, I I think I've shown you that scene. There's like a scene where literally uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in, hiding inside of like a fat woman costume, and the head like separates from the middle, and it like and then like he's inside of it, and he takes off the head. Like just look up Total Recall. I'm sure it'll be one of the first things that pops up. But it's like I can kind of understand that they wanted to remake it because they think that's kind of silly, and maybe they wanted a more serious version of it. But that's what I love about it, is how silly it is and how it doesn't take itself too seriously. But at the same time, it has really, really good effects. And with, obviously, with the production design, like a lot of effort was put into it. That was 1990, right? I don't know yes. what to call it, because I typed in Fat Woman Suit, which was like what YouTube was pumping in. And then all I ended up getting was... No, just watch Fat like Tinder on dates. Google Images. Go to just like Total Recall 1990. Oh, okay. I'm sure it'll be an image there. You don't need to pull up the scene necessarily. Okay. If you, actually, if you looked up Total Recall two weeks, then that would pop up on YouTube. Two weeks. Yeah, that's the, that's what that's you'll see if you play the clip. You'll see why that's the case. Sub G, what's up, trauma? Oh, I see. <laughs> Is this like? <laughs> That's like the face being split. Yeah, because he's like trying to sneak onto Mars at that point, and they're looking for him. So he's like wearing this disguise, but then it malfunctions because he's like, "How long are you sitting here?" And she's like, two weeks." And then he asks her a different question, like, and she's like, two weeks." And then she goes, two weeks." And he starts, she like, he like grabs the inside of her mouth, like, two weeks." And like everybody like turns to look at him, and then he takes off the head, and the main bad guy is there, and they're like, "Freeze! We're looking for you!" And he throws it at him, and it fucking explodes. <laughs> it, it is great. And then there's a point where they're shooting at him, and then the glass. And since you know they're on Mars, but there's like glass windows, and somebody shoots at a window, and then guards start flying through like the 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 airlock, like getting sucked out into the Mars like surface. What is, is so this? Great. This is definitely the wrong clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I've never seen that. That's fucking great. <laughs> oh my god. Touch exterior windows. Dude, I, I, I gotta watch this clip. Total yeah, Recall, great movie. Is- yes, yeah. we are talking. We're talking about sequels, remakes, and reboots. So they did remake this 
reboot this movie. Did they? Okay, when they did the remake of it, or it was a reboot. Like, I haven't they, seen it. Did they incorporate this? I doubt it. Not the same. It was a, like if you look at just any footage from that movie, it's like a very sterile, like white and gray, like sci-fi future. I think as far as oh, I can clip. tell. Oh my god, this clip is so long. Stay on Mars. Two weeks. Look at that shit. Yeah, because they're talking about like other stuff what that's happening in the plot. The Martians love Kawato. They think he's fucking George Washington. Kill the bastard. Kawato lives. Yeah. Weeks. Excuse me. It seems really well done in the way that it's paced. I'm just like skipping a little bit. So I just want to see the part that you're talking about. He like knows. Look at him. He's like, that's it. As a bed man, yeah. it's been pretty good. I'm pretty good. That's great. I hope you're doing well. Arrest that woman. Get that woman. Get that woman. Yeah. It's Arnold. Yeah, but they they did something like for this movie where they made like a bunch of mold of Arnold's head. They get like a lot of out of, out of these silicon molds. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> like that's not when he takes off that head. That's not Catch. Arnold's head. That's the no. It's like a mold, play. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get ready for a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it goes. Get ready for a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the tone of, of Total Recall, and it's amazing. And I think all of that tone is almost completely lost when they do in the reboot. Again, mm -hmm. I haven't seen it myself, but just from like watching a trailer and like seeing what it's like, you and can kind of just tell. Yeah, that tends to happen a lot. Like just like what we were talking about with sequels, where the sequels end up always or almost always being like worse than the original. Like remakes always end up being like bad. Like it's. You. I mean, there's some good ones. I like recently. I'm funny very, games. Re very recent. Well, Funny Games was. That's so, it's a shot that's for so shot remake. Well, it's a shot for shot remake by made by the same director. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> it's hard to even. Remake. I mean, it is <laughs> okay. It, uh, I, I guess I was also gonna say Suspiria because Suspiria okay. is a remake yeah. of a 19 like must be yeah 70s uh, Italian horror movie. Uh, that kind of goes in almost a completely different tonal direction from the original, but for the better, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The original is, a, is called a Giallo film. Uh, it's like very bright neon colors. Like the, all the lighting is super bright neon. And the sequel kind of barely retains it. Um, there's mm -hmm. only a few, few scenes where they use really harsh colors like that. And it's more of kind of like a gritty, like more horror and oriented horror movie. Cause technically the original was a horror movie, but it was more kind of like for the visual, like flair of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really scary. I think if you ask me, uh, no, I think you could ask a lot of people, but the new Suspiria movie, there is, oh man, it is so good. I can recommend anybody who likes horror should watch the new Suspiria movie. What is that? 2017, I think. Oh, this is this is a great time to plug. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, a, if yeah. you're into horror at all, our last episode was definitely on horror. You should go check that out. 
uh it will be up on spotify the first episode is up on spotify so if you do exclamation mark podcast in the chat you can follow the spotify um it's also on youtube as well so if you're in the discord you would have gotten the link for that as well um so check out the podcast on both of those episode one is live episode two will be coming out and then obviously three which is tonight's episode will be edited as well and put on there as well um and that's going to be a recurring thing we do this every tuesday six to nine um on the junk box yeah suspiria remake go watch it it is uh phenomenal Mm -hmm. no definitely i i I haven't seen it at all i've only seen trailers of it so i I own it it. so if you want to come next time you come over all right we'll watch it it. put it in the books i also have to bring in um when i come over i gotta bring the uh campy funny horror movie collection he gave me yes so we can watch uh (laughs) Lawnmower man. Lawnmower, not the lawnmower man that everybody else knows. Hang on, give me a second. I, I gotta get you the actual thing. Yo, you need to come play COD with your boy, man. We miss you on the squad, dude. I don't I don't play COD anymore. Unfortunately, Trauma, I am away from the COD scene because I cannot stand that game. So I apologize. <laughs> but if you want to do Apex, I'd be down for that. Because that I still play occasionally. Uh, but other than that, I've only been doing really Tarkov. Um, and Apex for first special shooters. I've thrown in a little bit of Battlefield 5, but COD, dude, especially with the most recent one, it just killed me, dude. It just killed me. I mean, they just do the same thing that they always do. So, actually, talking about remakes. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, we could definitely work game. that in. So, uh, COD is notorious for sequels and remakes coming out after each other. And, obviously, Modern Warfare was a remake of the original one um and now uh cold war which is a new i guess you it's not really a sequel or a remake it's just kind of like on its own but it's still part of the cod genre so i guess you could fit it into a sequel just different war uh yeah i think it's a sequel what they did basically okay so they did two things the last two cods in my opinion modern warfare was supposed to be like hey look at us we got the graphics that like battlefield has we can make a super realistic like redone version of the original modern warfare which stands up and it worked, except it didn't. Because the problem is, is COD's community isn't the same that it was back in the original Modern Warfare. So the problem is, is that game gets always killed multiplayer-wise by its community. And the uh, campaign, uh, I watched a playthrough of that, is way worse than the campaign ever was in the original Modern Warfare. So even the single-player experience isn't good. So you either deal with like COD's community which is a bunch of crying children (laughs) there i say or you deal with poor campaign um and now because that didn't seem to work or they didn't feel it worked very well they went to cod's community is what ruins the game no it definitely is yeah i agree i couldn't agree more and that's exactly what happened with the new one i mean and also i don't like the new one that much because they tried to go back like i said so modern warfare was like oh look at us we have these flashy graphics we can make it like really high definition and really cool if you put that next to the newest one the newest one looks like a cartoon which so they went back to like their arcade style graphics of the earlier releases like the earlier black ops which is fine but it just feels like the same game it's just cod it's they're all cod <laughs> like there's yeah, no way I around mean... it it all feels just like an arcade shooter and so if i'm gonna buy a new one or if i'm gonna play the latest cod in the like you know if i'm gonna play like the newest latest one it has to have something that's cool to me and pull me there and frankly the graphics feel like they're right out of like black ops 2 and 
yeah, maybe I'd be interested in playing it since it's the new one. But the problem isn't that whether or not it's good or whether the gameplay feels good. It all comes down to at that point, because it's basically the same game, how good is the community? Like community's like awful. Like, I don't know. I don't know why you'd ever want to like, I mean, it, basically when I go play Modern Warfare, whenever I do actually get a chance to play it and I actually feel like reinstalling it because right now it's uninstalled, which my hard drive is thanking me because yeah, it's like fair. 300 gigabytes. You lifted like 200 <laughs> yeah. pounds off. His chest. My hard drive is like, oh, <laughs> thank God. But when I do feel like reinstalling it, like I literally have to go into settings. And the first thing I decide to do is to mute everything. Besides gameplay audio, because otherwise you have chat, you have voice comms, you have everything, and especially with crossplay now being a thing, where everybody's just like hot micing, like open mic, like because console players don't have the ability to do what we can do with like push to talk. I mean, they kind of they do, but they really don't. The mute button. Yeah, it's like a mute button, so it's not like the same thing. So because everybody's just got open mic, oh my god, it's just killer. It's so killer. Yeah, but so. you know, on that point. If you're putting out a COD game every year since when did that? I don't know how long they've been doing know. that for. Like I mean, uh, at least a decade. 2003. <laughs> yeah, 2002. if you're gonna put out a COD game every single year for almost two decades, then it's bound to just get stale. And like, of course, you know you're just milking it dry. That mm-hmm. that cow has been dead. You are now just milking a dead cow. You really are. They're just milking. It's propped the up by sticks. It like just let it die. It, just like it kind of. I remember when they were trying to make it different. People just cried about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they that whole with the movement abilities. Then they when they backpedaled like all all on the ground. Like yeah, well as a result of making everything on the ground, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. If you ask me. Mm-hmm. So it's just people wanting the same game again. And hacking is so bad right now. These pussies ruin the game so toxic. And I agree. Like, all of that right there. That's why COD's, like, notorious for it. I like, mean, although Battlefield's the same, but, like, at least... Okay, I'll, I'll actually go into Battlefield a little bit later on. Because there's something that I feel Battlefield somehow manages to do better, in a way. But because COD is super arcadey, you get, like... There's no abilities that make it so that you can, like know that someone's camping a corner and so you end up having campers you end up having hackers all the time because it seems like nowadays especially with first person shooters like hacking seems to be like such an easy thing and especially with cod where there's a cod coming out every year they barely have enough time to fix the hacking problems on the first cod or the last one so they're not able to keep up so the people are still hacking black ops 4 right now i hear it all all the time right now people are like oh black ops 4 is just a hack fest right now and it's like yeah, that's because they're worried about Modern Warfare. And then, oh, yeah, right, Cold War came out. So they're worried about the hacking in that now, too. So they just don't have time for something like new Black Ops 4 cheats coming out. So it ruins the game for anybody that wants to go back and play, like, even the old ones. Uh, except for Black Ops 2. Apparently, Black Ops 2's uh, anti-cheat is very good. So if you ever want to go play that again, that one's great. And you can still play it on PC. There's actually still a community for it, believe it or not. I installed it a while ago, and it brought me back to being a little teen kid playing some... Uh, Call of Duty, like the good old days, back before I feel like all the shit broke loose. I feel like that was the last good COD, in my mind, was Black Ops 2. I felt like that like, was so good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would say the same thing, but also I feel like 
my judgment is very clouded by nostalgia because <laughs> I played a lot of that game. True. I can agree with that. Although, nostalgia-wise, so Battlefield 1 for me is probably the best Battlefield. I didn't like Battlefield 4. I know a lot of people like Battlefield 4 over all the other ones. I think 1 was better. But uh, I guess, well, for that, I instead of nostalgia being for the later game, which would be Battlefield 4, which came out before, or, or like, uh, what was it? The company one. Is it called the old company or something? I don't know. I never really played bad that company. one. I only played it at a friend's house a couple times, and I was just like, oh, was it's okay. Bad company. That was the one where they introduced the destruction. Like, yeah, the that's what that one was big for. Which I did think when I was over at my friend's house way back in the day, I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, that's neat. Like, that's gonna be huge. Actually, one of the if so, I was gonna talk about uh that because. One of the reasons why I went into game design was because Battlefield's uh, Destruction when I was a kid uh, really got me super interested in that. I thought that was such a cool and revolutionary thing. Uh, thank you for the Lurk, uh, Lurk Robo. Um, so, but what I was going to say in regards to camping, Battlefield, though there is campers occasionally that you'll run into, um, it doesn't feel as bad because the maps are so open. And so unless you run into a house, which I barely rare, like very rarely are am doing, like I find less campers, which makes the experience better. And also there's there's less shit going on. But also Battlefield still has hacking problems uh, all the time. I think as it's well. funny you say so. that because I, I think that in Battlefield, because it's so open, you could sit on like a giant like oh, tower and Yeah, so you could just snipe people. But <laughs> the thing with Battlefield is they show you exactly where that person is at the end. Like, after you've been yeah. shot. So you get killed once, and then, like, basically your position's fucking busted. Because I've tried I, doing see, that, and it doesn't yeah. work very well. I'm just remembering from, ba this is Battlefield 3 I'm speaking from, because that's the one I played the most of. Mm -hmm. uh, you could have, like, a respawn, like, beacon. That yeah. you can just respawn right, next, right where you were. Yeah, so. Yeah, I got what you're saying, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel like there's but some. But for me, I feel like uh, Battlefield 1 was definitely more nostalgic to me because I would. Uh, I like the nostalgic uh, old weapons of like World War One with the planes and stuff like that. It felt fun to do. Battlefield Five is not bad. I play it every once in a while. But the thing I like about Battlefield One was like there was very, very rarely an automatic weapon, so it really came down to like how well your aim was in that game, which was like really cool. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was good. Um, I still go back and play it every once in a while, and I'd so much rather play that than COD because somehow the community is better in that, just slightly. I wouldn't say it's great, but COD's community, I guess, just it breathes toxicity. When it's not even needed. I think it's just because it's so popular. There's a lot of people. Is who that don't... why? I, I yeah, it's just it attracts a lot of. I think it's also a, a lot of younger people that, you know, they a lot of people gain that anonymity of uh, mm -hmm. being online and not having consequences to what they're saying. So they just love doing it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so in general, also, I mean, going with the podcast, but that is why I've actually kind of put put down COD. I haven't even bought the newest one. I've watched a ton of people do it, uh, play it, and it just, it didn't do it for me. I think I downloaded it once when it was in early beta just to try it out. Um, and it just, it didn't do enough for me. It just felt like Modern Warfare with an arcade style uh, look to it. But it was still the COD that Modern Warfare was. It's still the COD that actually... You know what they went back to in uh, Cold War that Modern Warfare actually was the actually the only reason why I bought Modern Warfare was this reason. Modern Warfare had an actual recoil system. It wasn't simulated. 
So your gun actually went up, which doesn't normally happen. It didn't happen in Black Ops 4. And now in Cold War, they reverted it back because people said they didn't like how the guns handled. So they just liked the idea of having a simulated recoil. And pretty much every gun in the new game is like practically a laser beam. I mean, some of them have a little bit of like a simulated recoil enough where like the spread gets larger. But in that case, then you just like kind of semi-auto it and it's fine. But Modern Warfare was the only one. And the only reason why I bought that one was because every single time you shot a gun, especially the, like the AK was huge. I remember like the AK, like if you could get a grip on that recoil control in Modern Warfare, it felt really good. So I don't know how often you do this. We do this every Tuesday. This is like a weekly thing. It's our podcast. Uh, it's new. We this This is the third episode. So we've only done it for this is our third week doing it. I still do games, obviously, aside from this, but I try and do the podcast. Well, not try. We are doing the podcast uh, three times a week, or one time a week. Three times a week? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> sign up for that. Um, I guess Bro, something I think Microsoft. we haven't really talked about too much yet that's very specific to video game stuff is like remaking a game, but in a graphical sense. Yeah, I think Where that's lately, okay. Yeah, no, I, I was about to say, lately there's been Demon Souls, there's mm-hmm. been Shadow of the Colossus, uh, there's been Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the, mm-hmm. what is that, there's that classic PS1 game with the guy that's like the skeleton knight with the, that, I think the game's called Medieval. There's also the alien one, uh, Eat, uh, eat All Humans or something, what was it? Oh yeah, Destroy All Humans. Yeah, yep. Destroy All Humans. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah. there's kind of a trend lately of just doing kind of graphical updates of older games and i think depending on how it's handled is whether or not i determine whether i i think it's like kind of good or not mm-hmm. i think pro skater is great i think shadow of the colossus if you look at the comparison of shadow of the colossus from the original oh, it's, it's so just, crazy it's beautiful but also you you can kind of look at the remaster of skyrim and be like what the fuck mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what there's so, so many things weird. wrong with Skyrim that <laughs> making the sh- water look slightly better is like the last thing I would change. And when you remake it, How about the melee, can we, can we fix that in Skyrim? Yeah, can we remaster that? Please? I think it's okay. We could definitely like, do a better job though nowadays. I'm just, yeah, melee. there's a lot of things like when a game has that many problems and you decide to do a graphical update instead of fixing some of those things, is when it's like, okay, like you know, you can go and do a graphical update of Shadow of the Colossus or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 because the gameplay is already perfect and you don't need mm-hmm. to change it. Mm-hmm. But when you uh, have Skyrim and it's just like this buggy mess and you have the option to fix a bug, but some of these bugs on a re-release and choose not to over making it look slightly better, that's when I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like with the Stroll Humans, I didn't play through it all the way, but sometimes I would drop some frames and I'd be like, okay, you know, I would rather have a consistent frame rate than, uh, you know, these nicer graphics sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I agree. It's, it's kind of a, a it, I think it depends. Um, talking about Demon Souls, because that one's newer. Um, the graphics are impeccable on the new one. I mean, I've been playing oh, yeah, the old think... one. I've, like, looked into the old one, and I have the old one. And, I mean, the difference is night and day. But not only did they re-update that, but something they also did was they did add in different uh, interactions throughout the levels. So they changed a little bit of it. But no one's been really talking about anything crazy. Night, Taco. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, you keep saying that, that you're saying there's stuff added. 
I have like not seen anything. No, they did. They definitely did. They added a like it's minute, but it's like new interactions that didn't happen before with some people like burst through a wall or something or oh like okay no and interactions with the level just new enemy placement yeah yeah okay it's really all it came down to there is something interesting and this is kind of off tangent but it is interesting that i just learned about demon souls that they did in the remake they kept it which i think was really cool because i never even knew it existed but and correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I haven't played a lot of some of the other Dark Souls games, so you, you would definitely be more aware of this than me. Um, but most of the time in the Dark Souls games, when you come up against the first boss, you can obviously beat them if you're, like, really good or, like, really try hard it. Uh, but they usually just send you to the starting place anyways, right? Am I wrong in thinking that? What was that? Can you repeat that? Like, in most... Uh, like dark or souls games right um mm -hmm. when you come into contact with the first boss uh that you're usually supposed to die to you could beat them like if you're really good or like if you try really hard at it um uh -huh. and usually though you get the same outcome if you had just died to them right like usually yeah, yep. it sends you to the same place in demon souls they don't Oh, okay if you defeat the first boss they send you this underground layer you're still gonna die because there's something down there that ends up killing you in the end like it's like scripted death basically but they give you a bunch of like uh rare late game resources oh, for basically okay. defeating that boss it's kind of like a thumbs up to you which i thought was really yeah. interesting um and oh, they kept cool. it in the remake which was really cool um because not a lot of people knew about it and neither did i until yeah. a lot of people are now playing the remake and so there's a bunch of youtube videos and someone yeah. specifically By the way, kept I, unloading it unless i'm remembering incorrectly i'm pretty sure the studio that did the remake was called blue point and i think they also did the shadow of the colossus remake oh really that's why they both look so good they do like um, demon souls looks absolutely phenomenal yeah, I, again I if i had a pictures. ps5 like i would totally play it but i'm not gonna buy a ps ps5 just to play it no i know me too i that's kind of like where i draw the line as well i mean but like look, hoping... look at this yeah actually this is poor quality where's like a good quality picture it's gonna be better quality there we go let's open this image in a new tab huh like that is <laughs> like look at the difference and just like this looks like something that's like kind of like doomish and like Reli like realistic the one on the left reminds me of doom, doom and this 3. is like doom 3 yeah <laughs> yeah like very very low re realistic like the eyes are like perfect circles whereas this one they went like with actual like how an eye, like the eyes would actually like be like taking up and just like also like the armor like this is obviously very everything is very low poly very low graphically and then you have this i mean it's crazy. Uh, I've seen some beautiful pictures out of uh, Demon Souls Five, of like. I think places it's really that stuff, lighting engine, so. man. It really that is. Lighting, whatever lighting engine they're using, every time I see light reflect off of stuff in Demon Souls, like on the PS5, it's like, mm -hmm. oh my god. It's just impeccable. It really is. But, yeah. anyways, that's Demon Souls Five, obviously. Which yeah, I'm hoping that. Uh, they I will be forced to buy. Well, I, mean, I guess I'm not hoping that I'll be forced to buy a PS5, but I'm hoping that there is a game that I I will need to play on a PS5, and therefore get one, and I'll be able to also play Demon Souls. Uh, whenever that happens. Metal Gear Solid Six, by the way. 
<laughs> that won't happen because if it does, then it won't be Kojima making it. Yeah, it won't be. Which would be really I mean, well, the the impressive. Metal Gear Solid game they made without Kojima was Metal Gear Solid Survive, and everybody saw how well that did. So, oh, it did great. Yeah, everybody loved it. A total uh, cash grab with Metal Gear. Almost as much as everybody liked uh, Andromeda, which was the sequel to the Mass Effect series. Yeah. Which did absolutely awful. Did it do bad in like sales numbers? It really did, yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard a lot of people, though, saying that Andromeda is really close to the Cyberpunk. Uh, and the fact that a lot of people didn't like Andromeda because of how buggy and crazy it was at the early release. And then now it's kind of fixed a little bit, but it's still not like great. Uh, people are hoping that Cyberpunk doesn't do that and is better. Which, uh, just an FYI, again, off tangent. Uh, I did get news that Cyberpunk is planning on doing uh, twice a week or twice a month updates along with... Um, there's going to be a DLC coming out that's going to be free. That is going to add in a lot of the content that this was missing. That they had said was going to be there. So it's really, it's not really, they're calling it a DLC because it's going to basically be a big download. Um, but it's basically not really. It's the rest of the game. It's the rest of the game <laughs> that was supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, so that's just an FYI to those interested. Obviously, <clears throat> our first podcast, we talked a lot about Cyberpunk, so I don't want to get into that. Um Um, but, but yeah, so Andromeda, that was another one. Uh, I'm trying to think of like sequels that were bad or like remakes that were bad as well. Because obviously we talked about Call of Duty, which I feel like is they sh- at, at this point Call of Duty needs to come up with a new thing, right? Like, I mean, uh, no, I don't know. I don't think they new. do because they're they have a they have their market, man. And if they do a new thing, their market's not gonna like it. So I I wouldn't I don't blame Call of Duty for putting up the same trash every year because people buy the same trash every year and they don't care. You know what's funny? Okay, so this is an interesting statement, though, kind of going back. And I don't want to, like, harp on Call of Duty a lot, but that is a big one uh, for doing sequels and remakes and all this stuff, right? Something interesting that I see amongst the streaming community for Call of Duty, and this is something that I noticed a long time ago that is very interesting to me. Um, It happened mainly with Modern Warfare, but now it's happening again with Cold War. You'll notice streamers that initially started with something like Black Ops 4, they got into the niche of uh like this kind of like they kind of fit themselves into the community because they played it so much right so this was their stream game was black ops 4 and black ops 4 was notorious still for you know i'm gonna call it lack of sportsmanship uh toxic community uh camp meta we'll call it all this stuff right uh also simulated recoils back then as well um when modern warfare came out and this tends to happen with all the CODs. All the CODs that I've played upon release have been like this. Where the first three weeks after the release, even maybe the whole month, is the best experience you'll ever have in a release of COD. And the reason why I say that is everybody's low level. They're all trying to learn like the maps, the guns, how everything controls, all of that. So you see people actually running around being aggressive, playing. There's very... Not a lot of camping. I mean, you'll still come across the one or two. Um, the community is still there. It's toxic. But the gameplay feels good. And then all of a sudden, after that month goes by, it turns back into that kind of, like, campy, like, 
you're pushing you might have that mentality to push but other people are just like holding angles the entire time and so they're just waiting for you to cross in front of them so that they can get an easy kill um and that happens all the time it happened with modern it happened with black ops 4 when i did that one on release and it happened with modern warfare when that happened on release and from what i understand it happened with uh the new cold war as well um i know when i played it in early beta it felt great it wasn't good enough because i was just like oh this is just a normal cod experience i heard toxic people already and i was just like i don't really have any interest in playing it but it was the experience that i remember from modern warfare and half the reason why i bought it was because i was like this or i didn't buy it was because i was like this is gonna go to shit but my point is with all of this is basically something that i noticed among the streamers is they get used to that and then all of a sudden the new one comes out and they actually hate the new one the early month the month that i love it they're over there like i'm watching people uh people that i know that are streaming it like regular streamers of the call of duty genre they revert back and i'll see them like when modern warfare came out they were like oh i don't like it and they come up with a bunch of excuses uh i heard stuff like oh i can't control the guns or uh someone was even saying that like it's super campy right now and then like a month later when it was actually campy they were playing it again um but they for that for first month they were just like reverting back to like the black ops and now with cold war i'm seeing it again because cold war came out actually it's now they're playing Cold War, the streamers that I'm talking about. I won't use names that I've seen. But they mix it up now and they go back between uh, Cold War and um, Modern Warfare. But when Cold War first got released, they were solely playing Modern Warfare because they tried Cold War a few times. And they were just like, nope, this isn't for me. Because it felt different. Because it wasn't the same game. Because the the community hadn't figured out how to play it enough to make it the same game yet. I guess is my point. Which is weird. Because to me, like I said, the first month of each of those games was phenomenal. But not good enough for me to buy the new one. So, that's sequels though, I guess. I just think, I I guess, people like, you're saying that early on it's more fun because people don't know what they're doing. Yes. (laughs) It makes people like run around and actually play the game because they're trying to like learn the maps and stuff, I feel like. I mean, I guess, I think. And it was there. What's happening there is that the way you want to play the game is not necessarily how it's played. I guess not. I'm a very aggressive, like, when I play Call of Duty, I play at an arcade, like, aggressive, just, like, run in, you kill maybe three, four, five people, and then, like, you maybe die, and you just reset, and you go, all right, new life, and then you go again, and, and rinse, repeat. And that happens early on, but then after, like, the first month, it turns into, like, like I said, it feels like every game is search, even if you're doing team deathmatch. Yeah. People but are just the reason that people hold sight lines and they play like that is because it's a better strategy. It is. <laughs> but know. if I'm gonna do that, I'm not gonna play an arcade shooter like COD because that doesn't. That's not arcade to me. I don't know. Arcade shooters for me is just been, like man. run in there and run and gun. You know. I don't know. I think COD is a little bit of a looser version of something like Counter Strike, which is like really about holding yeah. angles, like a hundred. Although, like you, you held angles in Black Ops Two because I didn't. I played all of my Black Ops Two days, like running around the map, and like using like ghosts and stuff like that yeah, to well, like also maybe stretch 12. around and like kill people. I guess, but I didn't notice a lot of. <laughs> I, although I haven't played it. Well, I did play it recently. I didn't notice a lot of camping still in that. I don't know why. Uh. I think there was just as much probably, if I had to guess. It did have a but... ping system in it where, like, if you shot, you could see them on the minimap. But that's usually standard in most CODs, but I guess maybe I just don't notice it as much. 
was I know when I was younger, I noticed that. So if like someone was around a corner, like I noticed it very avidly that, oh, I just saw a shot go off there. So I was kind of more prepared to take that corner in case there was a camper there. Maybe I'm just not doing that now in my older age, <laughs> I guess yeah, could be, could be the reasoning. Like you need to look around more. Maybe. Although now I'm playing Tarkov and that is definitely enticing more look around. Yeah. And understanding Also, just going to throw out a sequel that is fucking amazing and people don't talk about it enough. Max Payne 3. I knew you were going to talk Max about Payne the Max Payne's. It is so good. <laughs> Please. Go play it. I was going to bring so up uh, Divinity Max Payne on a, on a mouse, uh, a keyboard and a mouse is like nothing else. Really? Yes. Because I originally played Max Payne 3 on a controller. And I thought it was good. And then I went and played it on a keyboard and mouse. And I'm like, oh my god, this game's amazing. <laughs> I mean, keyboard so, mouse makes everything better. Right, guys? I mean, it was Also, of... Max Payne was originally a PC, PC shooter. It wasn't even on consoles. So it makes sense that, it, that Max Payne 3 feels better on mm -hmm. PC. PC Master Race, man. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, I was, I was going to bring up Divinity uh, 2. Which yeah, is a great I mean, I haven't played enough of Divinity and 1 then, to know if it's better or not. But well, I've played quite a bit of Divinity 2, and I watched a full playthrough because I haven't gotten the chance yet to play Baldur's Gate 3. But it's technically, like, the follow-up to Divinity 2. And that looks absolutely amazing. They took what everybody loved about Divinity 2, threw in some D&D &D aspects and more classes, and it feels like D&D. Like, above all else i mean i know divinity 2 has the D, D builder in it but you could almost they could almost add that again to divinity 3 or i'm gonna call it divinity 3 baldur's gate 3 and it would be like taking it to another level that's how like good this like i watched an entire playthrough of like co-play on twitch um which if you're interested at all i highly recommend watching his playthrough you don't have to watch all of his videos but you can get a good gist of that game and oh my god it's so good it actually even incorporates, like, because they wanted to go with such, like, a D&D &D aspect, there's points in that game where you actually roll, like, physical dice. Well, virtual physical dice on the screen in order to, like, roll for something. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, very much, they, like, really wanted to push the idea that this was, like, a D&D &D style game now. Well, Baldur's Gate is, you know, based off of D&D, &D, and mm -hmm. it's a very old style game. Like, it that's is. an old classic computer game. Uh well, they killed it. They absolutely killed it. And the, the amount of classes they have, I'm pretty certain they have something like 13 classes, if I'm not mistaken. That's cool. Uh, is that game out? Sure. Baldur's Gate? Yep. Three? Oh, okay. It's been out for a while. Because I remember at PAX, it was, uh, they were showing it off. So, um, they have, okay, so they, they group their classes. So there's four groups of classes. Warrior, oh, Priest, Wizard, and Rogue. But... Um, but then the class breakdown is further. So a warrior can either be a fighter, a ranger, a paladin, or a barbarian. A priest could be a cleric, a druid, a monk, or a shaman. The wizard can be a mage, a specialist mage, a wild mage, or a sorcerer. And then a rogue can be a thief or a bard. So what is that? Four, eight, twelve, fourteen. Fourteen classes, technically? With all, like, separate abilities, by the way. Like, some of them intersect, but most of them are, like, the reason why you'd be a fighter over a paladin or something is completely, like, they follow the D&D &D aspect. 
So they're completely different things. Like if you're a uh, wild mage versus a normal buy mage. This. <laughs> what Baldur's Gate? Yeah, it looks I mean, really I'd good. be down to play. I have it. Yeah, I'm sure Tommy would be all. About we could, it. we could totally do a live stream of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But anyways, uh, yeah, talking about sequels, I think Divinity Two is really good, and now Baldur's Gate, off of the sequel of that one, I think is great. And since those are the only two that I can really talk about, I can't really talk about whether or not Divinity Two is better than Divinity One or on the same page. I'd assume it's on the same page. They're pretty similar. I played a little bit of the first one. And they're pretty, pretty similar. So you'd say it's a good sequel. Yeah. Okay. Because I think it kind of just expands on what the first one was. And that's I, good. I think that's, yeah. Because that's kind of what you want. If you can't do anything drastic and dramatic, or you don't want to, you want it to expand on something enough that it feels like a new game and worth the money that people are paying for it, and yet be still interesting. Maybe provide a new story or something like that. Um, I guess, in my personal opinion, with Divinity, they kind of have an easy getaway, if you would call it that. Uh, by no means are any of those games easy to program or anything like that. But uh, in terms of making a sequel, um, they could keep a lot of the same general character uh, classes and stuff like that, programming all of the same, um, add in a couple more classes, and then change the story, and people would probably love it. Because what they have already for core is really good. Good formula, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and just changing the story and making sure that the story is good enough would be enough for me to want to go play. And that's basically what they did with Baldur's Gate 3. It's a completely different story. And they threw in a ton of extra classes as opposed to the original Divinity 2 or the Divinity 1. Um, there's new, way more classes. And uh, it just feels you know expanded upon and with a new story but it's enough where i i bought it because i was like this is super cool mm -hmm. but they didn't like change anything drastically it's still the same formula yeah. it looks cool from some gameplay i was looking at it looks like you i i i saw one thing that intrigued me a lot where like it looked like some rogue was in a rafter and he like jumped down on top of an enemy to do a sneak attack on them. Really, that looks cool. That's that cool. I hope that's a thing. I, I did hear. I did hear. There's a bunch of new mechanics that they added based off of the classes because yeah, they cause... wanted to make it more D and D aspect where you exactly have more like. I what I love about D and D is the fact that kind of like these you know stories manifest from them that like sound like real events that like then that's something that I think for me in Divinity Two is kind of lacking in the way that it functions, the way that the fights function. Mm -hmm. it's not it doesn't i like it doesn't really have that same kind of vibe as this grand adventure like oh we we fought this guy uh you know but if oh i fought this guy and he didn't even see me coming because i jumped on him from the rafters and i got a sneak attack and then somebody fireballed him but then i got caught in the fireball and i was on fire mm -hmm. like that's D stuff that i love although so if they can incorporate that into it then i, I say uh, go for it you That's say that there's those stories from divinity too but obviously there's the classic enigma stories well, of lighting his friends on fire yeah. which i mean definitely can happen in D &D. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah i'm just saying it's a uh, kind of like a different kind of the junk box live foggy yes it is yeah. um but and then like, there's I mean, a story in in D, D that i have where uh like the i i had my i was dming and you weren't you weren't in this uh mm -hmm campaign uh, somebody like there's owl bears so they look like giant bears but they're owls yeah i've seen them somebody like came up behind one of them and 
did like a, a, a attack from behind and it was critical and I basically just described at them as shoving their giant longs toward all the way down the, 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 the asshole of this owl bear and the noise made was <laughs> that's great so it's like little things like that and like uh and then the character that did it, it was like I don't even want to do that that's kind of gross <laughs> <laughs> Snurb says, but, "I do be listening to it when I be working. Exact. That's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want. We want this to be something. I actually bet. Like, uh, uh, I guess the right word would be vetted it. Uh, when it originally went up on Spotify, I listened to it at my house all the way through to just make sure it sounded good on Spotify. But then I was like, you know, most people listen to this in their car, so I specifically went out to lunch the next day, and went for an extended drive just to make sure it sounded good in the car." Because I was curious. I want to make sure it sounded good. So uh, if you're listening to it at work, props to you, Snurb. Thanks for being a uh, a listener of the Junk Box. We definitely appreciate it because we want to make this a reoccurring thing. And obviously continued support is uh, a good um, reflection of what we're doing. So we do we do appreciate it. And that goes for anybody that's stopping by here on the live stream or that's listening to it on Spotify for sure. Appreciate it. Because uh, not only does it take time to uh, put this together during the the actual live segment, but uh, I think it you know it also takes time for Corny to do the editing on it and for it to be uploaded and all that. So <laughs> I mean, it's still time, you know. Yeah. So having any sort of um, you know following with that is good. It means a lot to the time that we take to make this possible. So. Um. Uh, with that being that said. Being said yeah, are we gonna wrap up? Uh, I, I think. Or yeah, do you have anything else to talk about? That's 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 basically it for me. I mean, we could kind of brainstorm, I guess, at the end of this if we wanted to on what our next topic could be. Do you, did you come in with any ideas this time, or no? No, you didn't. <laughs> you know me, I just, I just wing it. Um, I may put up a poll. See what people want. I don't know. <laughs> I could do a poll. I don't know how many people are actually uh, active. I'm gonna vote on it. Uh, what do, <laughs> if you guys are active right now? Uh, I know we had Snurbs and uh, Trauma here, as well as Taco, etc. Is there anything that you guys would like to hear about in our next segment, specifically? And if not, then we'll obviously come up with something as well. Um, eventually, sometimes. I know last time we were brainstormed at the end and we were just like, I don't know what to do next time, whatever. And then we literally ended and I was like, what if we just do uh, like sequels and remakes? And we were like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it could be happening. Um, I, I wish know. we could like almost play something while we're talking about it. What do you mean? I don't know like we just like picked a video like i mean i guess that wouldn't really be a podcast at that point like a video game we both really like and then mm-hmm. we just like play it and talk about it i think it would work better if we were in the same room but that would be more like a a game review or like a movie guess, review yeah, kind of thing, yeah. right mm-hmm. like uh i know ko started doing this like book club basically where him and his chat and everybody else reads like a book and then like the next month he'll have a special like episode of the book club where like he he comes on with like two other guys that read the book and they discuss the book and how like good it was and the chats involved and all that but that's kind of separate uh, than that of a podcast a podcast is more like talking about uh critical ideas that are going on um 
We could, I mean... Let's see, we did horror. Alrighty. Such a big topic. That was a good topic. And now we've done sequels and we did cyberpunk. Um, is there anything new coming out that's going to be interesting? Um, I mean, we could talk about... We could talk about, like, action or, like, another genre if we wanted to do, like, another genre-related thing. talk about fight choreography, probably. Danikos, thank you for the follow. Welcome to Enigmas. And welcome to yeah, the, we the podcast, the Junk Box. Um, yeah, we could do like fight choreography. I don't really have a lot Tommy, to talk about that. I have well, to talk Tommy about... could definitely talk about a lot of fight choreography if he would be a special guest. Yeah, we could do a special guest with Tommy and we could talk about yeah. fighting and stuff. He, he could, he, he's, he's doing like jujitsu actually... now. Yeah, so he so. has maybe some insight that I don't. Uh, I would have to watch, I guess that would force me to go watch uh, The Raid. Master and The Raid. Yeah. Because and... really the Broken only Master. fight choreography that I have in my head that's like that I've seen behind the scenes and stuff is John Wick. So yeah, there's John Wick. There's Mad Max. Mad Max is good. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Mad Max is really good. Lots of good fight choreography around. Are you talking about the original Mad Max or Fury Road too? Fury Road. It's yeah. kind of specifically, I mean, I like the original Mad Max, but Fury Road is just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fury Road's really good. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of okay. good. Let uh let me there. run that by Tommy later, and we'll see if he's okay with being a special yeah, I'm guest. I'm playing next well Tuesday. with him later. So I can oh, okay, yeah, you ask him, um, and we'll see. And uh, that might be our first special guest. Will be uh, Mister Yodeling Taco. Yeah. Do you want to update fun. my uh my profile picture by the way right here? Do you want me to change your name too? Because I wasn't gonna change. No, your no, name. no, 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 no. Okay. I'm going. I'm my name. I'm keeping my name the same. Okay. Good. <laughs> because uh, uh, I realized how much of a pain that was gonna be. Because not just this, but I also would have to change it like in our RSS, which is already like licensed. So I have to go through all the licensing again. I guess this is just a new picture I'm using. Oh, okay. Well, I'll change the picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's this one. <laughs> this was the first one you gave me. Yeah, I know. I wanna, I wanna stick with this. <laughs> okay, okay. My man, what's up? What's up, Adam? We're just about ready to end this episode of the Junk right Box. Yeah. Um, I think this is gonna be good. Yeah. All right. So let's, we're gonna plan on fight choreography. Yeah, fight choreography and kind of like uh, action movies that use a lot of fighting choreography in them. Uh, we'll discuss or that. Just the coordination to getting action done. Yeah. Because there's a lot of movies that are like that. I mean, you can even look at, like, have you seen Kingsman? I haven't yet. That's the one with, um... Colin Firth. Uh, yeah. Also Sam Jackson's in it. Yeah, that is Sam Jackson, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's, like, a a whole one-take action scene in it. That's really well done. There's so much trust. There's Mission Impossible. There's so much shit. Mission Impossible is a good one to go over. As I well. love Mission Impossible. I will spout all of movie, all of friends. like the things that he does is like completely. Yeah, Tom Cruise realistic. is amazing. Tom Cruise is absolutely crazy. There's like <laughs> I've seen behind the scenes where he's literally like hanging off of a plane. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? That was. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude's like, dude's literally just hanging there, like the actor, not even like a stunt double, like. How are you doing, bro? We're doing good, Adam. We're just about ready to finish up this uh this episode of the podcast. What's up, Beskar? Um, so yeah, so next so basically what you guys missed, if you're joining late, 
Uh, this episode was about sequels, remakes, and reboots. If you missed it, uh, it will be on YouTube. And it will also be on Spotify. So if you're not on the Discord, join that and pay attention to the alerts. Or if you don't want to do that, you can do exclamation mark podcast right now in chat. You'll get the Spotify link. Um, the first episode is up. Second episode's coming. And this one will be also up there. So if you missed any of them, go back, re-listen to them, re-watch them, whichever way, way you prefer. Um, I honestly didn't mind listening to them. I was worried about visual aspects, but listening to it seemed fine. So I don't know. Um, but I'll leave that up to you uh nightmare on elm street reboot i actually thought that was good i was going to bring that up tonight but i like the new nightmare on elm street better than the old one um for one reason i felt the story was more fitting but with that being said um the old one still has a place in my heart uh actually i would say the old one's better than the new one i guess because it's way more nostalgia the the old one is very pioneering yeah um but yeah so that link is for the spotify for the podcast uh episode one's up there like i said it's about cyberpunk episode two's coming in about horror uh and what it means to have a scary movie we did a very long talk about that and this one's about sequels remakes and reboots that'll also be going on that so 